You're listening to the Shoot for Success Photography Podcast, and on today's episode, we're breaking down the five steps to a successful senior photography business as part of this limited edition recording of the Become the Thriving Senior Photographer This Year training series. It only happens once a year. This podcast episode is only going to be up for about a week, all the way up till Thursday, April 21st, so you're not going to want to miss this, and we'll see you over on the episode. Hi, I'm Sean Brown, and if you had told me years ago that I would be a professional photographer today, I would have said that you were crazy. Since then, I've been able to grow my photography business to six figures per year and haven't looked back. Now, with over eight years of experience of figuring out what to do and more importantly, what not to do, I help photographers build a thriving photography business that they've always dreamed of so that they can have more time, flexibility, and freedom to do what they truly want to do. And you want to know the best part? I'm showing you how to make that happen for yourself in this audio series. This is Shoot for Success. Oh my goodness. OMG. That's that's what all the cool kids are saying these days, right? OMG. Actually, I don't think that they say that anymore. But so excited to have you for this last episode in this kind of limited edition podcast series. Like I mentioned in session one and session two, I have been hosting for the better part of a week the Become the Thriving Senior Photographer this year training series. It's a th- uh, well, it was live. I guess it's not technically live anymore because the, well, this is the recording from it, but it was a live training series and over a thousand people signed up for it, which is absolutely incredible. So excited to see that there are literally a thousand photographers that want to step into the role of the thriving senior photographer. And so if you were one of those who signed up for the training series, I had so much fun hanging out with you, but the fun doesn't stop because even if you haven't enrolled or haven't, I guess, signed up for the free training series yet, there's still time. And one of the cool things is that all of next week, uh, well, if you're listening to this April 14th, when it goes live after the training uh, recording, I should say, is posted, Uh, on the podcast. Well, all of next week, April 18th through the 21st, 22nd, I'm actually going to be going live in the group almost every single day, doing some additional bonus trainings, some hot seat coaching calls so that you can actually move your business forward. You know, if I look back in my business, one of the biggest things that made the difference was having somebody who had been in similar situations or had helped coach photographers through the situation that I was going through and be able to actually have some direction and some guidance onto what steps to take next. And so because I received that in my business, uh, one of the things that I want to do is give that back to you. And so one of the things that we're going to be doing is some hot seat coaching calls where you can actually tune in and ask questions about your business and all that stuff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to periodically go live over in the Facebook group. Um, This is something that we did last year's training series and was really, really enlightening for a lot of individuals where rather than struggle for years, have to stumble and do it yourself, we took that and we boiled it down to the most important aspects because Some of the times as photographers, we let things that don't really matter, don't really move our business forward, dictate a lot of our actions. And the question is, how do we stop doing that? How do we cut through that? And that's 
a lot of what training and, or a lot of what coaching is designed to do is to say, hey, what are, what are the important parts? What can we really focus on? Where is your time, energy spent best to get you the results that you're looking for? Namely, booking more seniors and making more money, right? That's kind of why we're all here at the end of the day, why we run a business. And so if you've not joined, show notes uh, have the link to the free training series. So you can join that. And that's going to be over on the Facebooks, the Facebook group that I have. Uh, so you can join your colleagues over there. We've had a lot of fun in that training group. There's been some giveaways, some uh, special edition merch. So I've got some custom sweatshirts, standout sweatshirts, uh, some custom mugs that these these aren't, as I say, these aren't sold in stores, people. <laughs> this is not, you can't find this on Etsy. There's no Shopify. There's no website that sells these. And so this is something that is really cool. Um, I've been doing this as for people who have completed their senior photography, thriving senior photographer dashboards, who have worked through the training and all that stuff. So you're going to want to make sure to download the workbook. Plus, I'm doing some other giveaways too, like in-person mentorships and uh, Zoom coaching calls, Amazon gift cards, Starbucks gift cards. So you're going to want to not make sure that you miss that. And the only way to do that is if you're actually signed up for the series. So make sure to register for that. It is not too late. I do not shut down the the registration until next week. So you still have some a few days to get in and get your uh, dashboard completed. That does close down Sunday, April, was that? April 17th. So you only have a couple more days to get that done. So you're going to want to make sure to get in that group ASAP. And if you already listened to training session two, well, you have the tools to complete the dashboard. Now it's just a matter of putting pen to paper. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We're going to talk all about how you can take those five steps that I see in every single successful senior photography business. So make sure to stay tuned. We'll see you guys over on the episode. And yeah, come in with a glass empty, ready to be filled. We are live for day three, our last session together in the Become the Thriving Senior Photographer training series. Go ahead and leave in the comments if you are here. I am so excited. I can't believe it's like already the end of the training series. It seems like we just started it and now it's it's coming to a close. I am so excited to have you here. If you're tuning in live, let me know that you're in the, the comments. If you're watching the replay, go ahead and let me know that you're watching the replay uh, by leaving a comment. Just hashtag replay. I don't know if the cool kids still do that or not. That was a thing like, I don't know, a year or two ago. So really excited to kick off today's training. I see Marsha is here, Michelle. Heidi's here. I love it. uh, Michelle's doing the right thing. She's tagging her friends. So if you see a friend who isn't here and you want to make sure that they catch the live training, because today's training, we're going to do a giveaway just for the people that are live. So that's going to be a caveat. So the the little QR code that you scan, that's just going to be for the people that are live today. So make sure to get your friends in here. You're not going to want to miss that um, and have tons of cool giveaways and stuff like that. But really excited to to have you here. And just a reminder of, you know, why we're doing this training series. This is the training series. If you're looking to book more seniors to ultimately make more money and, and create a business that actually works for you, that gives you that time, that freedom, the flexibility that you're likely searching for. If you're anything like me, when I started my business, that is why I wanted to go into photography was because it allowed me to do the things that a normal job wouldn't. 
and allowed me to do what I love day in and day out. So if you're here, you're most likely like me, and I'm really excited to have you here. <clears throat> Excuse me, holy cow. I'm like, I feel like I've been talking already. It's been a long training series, lots of talking, lots of excitement. Let me know in the chat box uh, where you're tuning in from. I see another Michelle's here, Deidre's here, Anna or Anna, Carrie uh, Gentry's here. Awesome. I love it. So in the comments section, go ahead and let me know. So far, we've done two trainings. So the first training that we did was entitled Become the Thriving Senior Photographer. And in this, what we did is we really uncovered what is holding you back in your business that you may not even know is holding you back, the three things that all thriving senior photographers do, and how we can then step into the role as the thriving senior photographer and what that looks like and how we have to show up in our business. And then we also talked about how uh, all successful thriving senior photographers have a framework that they operate from where they know what they need to do. They know what steps they need to take. And from there, what they do is they run their business from that in a way of certainty so that they know where they're going. We talked about the plane analogy where just a plane a few de degrees off is going to end up somewhere completely different. You know, if it's flying from LA to New York, it may end up in Washington, DC or Miami if the trajectory's off. And while you may be putting in the same amount of work without having that framework, what happens is it becomes very difficult to grow your business. And go ahead and throw a one or a two or a one and a two in the chat if you were able to tune in or watch the replays from either of those. And if you haven't yet, that's okay. There's gonna be the replay. I'll send out the directory to you shortly after this goes live, when all three are live. And then you can also catch them over on the Shoot for Success Photography podcast. And then day two, we talked about what it takes to stand out in your market, how to become that go-to photographer in your area where people are wanting to book you years in advance because of the things that you're doing and how one simple statement can change that all. We talked and we filled out most of the uh, Thriving Senior Photographer dashboard where we can operate our business and we know the goals that we need to hit, the metrics we need to operate from in our business because it's really hard to drive blindfolded and that's kind of what we're doing in our business if we don't have any sort of, like I mentioned, guiding North Star, right? Where if we don't know what it is in our business, how many seniors we need to book, how we, how we need to be priced, how we're going to get those inquiries, those leads, those sorts of things, how are we ever supposed to get to where we're going? And then we also wrapped up with some bonus encore training. So shout out to the people that stayed all the way through the end, all the way after the music, because we actually, I came back on and did some incredible deep dive bonus training about like differentiating factors and how we can uh, use these to stand out in our market and how we can actually start to kind of create some content uh, pillars and stuff like that that we can implement into our business that gives us a little bit of, of clarity of like, what do we even need to be posting? How do we overcome those objections that clients have? So I love it. I'm just tuning into the chat really quick. Um, see lots of ones and twos. Oh, this is awesome. Some people say one. Type a two. Uh, type a, a yes, please, if you guys want to know where to find the replays. Because a lot of people may not know. So if you are one of those people and you're like, I want to know where the replays are, I'm making it super simple for you. I put together the all access directory. So what this is, is you just head over to the um, directory page at seanbrownproductions.com slash directory. That's gonna give you access to not only the replays, you're gonna have access to the workbook. So if you are watching this training and you say, 
hey, I, uh, I don't know where the workbook is, Sean, that you keep referencing, or I want to work through and use some of my notes throughout this. Well, make sure that you head over there. Um, there's just a little link that you click. It says download the workbook in step three, and then replays one and two are both over there. So that's where you find that. And then last, and, and just type uh, replay in all caps if you've watched uh, the replays over in the directory, actually, or type uh, D or directory so that I know that you found them in the directory because the replays are also in this group. They're, they're everywhere. They're on the podcast, all of that sort of thing. Type a D or directory if you've been able to check out that and um, just type a yes or just let me know how you like the directory. If that's something that has worked well for you, this is brand new this year. Like I mentioned, completely revamped some of the things in the training. And if you like it, we'll keep it for next year's training. If you don't, well, then, you know, it may or may not come back, but hopefully you guys like it. So I just love some feedback on that. And then last but not least, kind of one quick reminder for you. So if you have gone through session two and filled out most of your dashboard or some of you have already completed it, that's awesome. We kind of worked through all of that. And the Thriving Senior Photographer dashboard, we're doing a giveaway. So this is going to be an exclusive giveaway. The deadline is Sunday at midnight. I know that's Easter for some of y'all. It's Easter for me. One of the things that I want to make sure that you do is have time to do that. So I'm making the deadline at midnight. So after the the little ones are in bed, after the Easter bunnies come in the morning, all that stuff, um, you guys are able to fill that out. So the way you can grab that, again, head to seanbrownproductions.com slash directory, or you can also get it uh, just by heading to bit.ly slash workbook-2022. I'm going to be doing some limited merch giveaways. Like I mentioned, this isn't sold in stores. It's not sold on Etsy or Shopify. This is only for those of you who complete and fill out the dashboard. And some of you guys have already done it. So I just grabbed a couple screenshots from yesterday as I was seeing them getting posted in the group. So all you have to do is just post your completed dashboard in the group. Bonus points if you want to take a selfie with it or something like that. Uh, So shout out to Michelle, Sharon. I know Heidi got hers in already. I think um, Allie got hers in. So lots of awesome people that are already filling out their dashboard and and whatnot. And um, love what they're saying where it's like they have a clear idea of what they need to do to kind of get that success and where they need to work in their business, which is awesome. And then, like I mentioned, these trainings are only up for a week. So on Thursday, April 21st, that's when they disappear. So if you still need to get caught up, you have a weekend to do that. You have next week, but I encourage you to do that through Sunday because on Sunday, that's when the dashboards do. So if you need to get that done, enter for the giveaway, I encourage you to watch through all of these trainings because especially we're going to be covering that very last part of the dashboard in a lot more clarity at the very, very end of this training once we kind of know everything that goes into that. And one of the reasons that these trainings are coming down is it's kind of like your Amazon wish list. I I said this before, I forget if it was on the bonus encore when I said this, but this is kind of like your Amazon wish list, right? Where you say, oh, I'll put something in my cart and then you never get to it. And then you go back and you say, oh yeah, I had this on my wish list and it's been in there for six months or 12 months or whatever. And you don't use that, you don't, you never, you never get that thing because it's just sitting there, it's, it's ready for you. And one of the things that successful senior photographers do is they commit, they make the time to do what they need to do. And some of the time that means sitting down and watching the training. So if you truly want to book more seniors and actually make this whole thing a reality, you'll make the time for the trainings. And so one of the ways that we've 
I, I kind of coach my students is I put deadlines on things where it's okay, we're going to get this done, we're going to take action now because it doesn't do us much good to just sit around and not take any action. So to kind of give you an overview of what's going to go into today's training, we're going to be covering how we can attract our ideal client with the client journey. So we talked a little bit about that in session two of, um, you know, what does that look like? What do we need to do? We're going to dive into detail. And then we're also going to uncover setting yourself up for success without all the stress and long hours. In addition to uncovering what makes people talk and spread the word about you, we're going to talk about building buzz faster than ever, how we can make that happen avoiding those pricing pitfalls that a lot of photographers fall into and how this actually led to me skyrocketing my income when I made this small little change and overcame this mindset barrier. And then what is most important is putting it all together in a business that works for you. Because at the end of the day, that is what we are here for. And one of the things that I always say to my students is that if you just copy what somebody did or what other successful photographers are doing and you don't do it in a way that works for you, well, have you actually built a successful business? Have you actually done the things that you want to do? Does it give you that more the more freedom? Does it give you more time or flexibility or are you working against it? And one of the things that happened to me was I realized I reflected back that in the beginning stages of my business when I was working hard, when I was really spending way too much time not in the right places, what ended up happening was I realized that I was building a business that was not for me. It wasn't accomplishing the goals that I wanted to. And so if we look back in session two in the dashboard of what, you know, what do we want to accomplish, that very second line in your dashboard, those are the things that we are fighting for as we build our businesses. That's what we want to create. And so we always want to make sure that we're on track. Because at the end of the day, everything that I was working towards, like I mentioned, it didn't allow me to do that. It didn't allow me to spend time with friends and family. It didn't give me that flexibility. It didn't give me the freedom. It was that complete opposite. And I don't want that for you. And the exact reason that I'm even showing up for you here today is so you don't have to do that. Where you have a clear path forward. You're not putting your business in front of your friends, your family. You're doing the things that you actually value and you're not putting those ahead of your business. You're building your business in a way that lets you do those things because at the end of the day, that's the whole reason that we probably wanna have this. And just type an amen or a hands up emoji in the chat if, if that's you. And one of the things that I love is, I love when my students have really similar successes. Where Melissa said, you know, she'd been trying for years and it was finally that year that it all clicked. Or where Nikki, you know, she said, I had my first in-person sale last night and made more than I ever have. And then I got an email from Grace where she says, you know, I, I went from four to 12 girls and then to 16, right? She quadrupled what she was doing in a, about a year and a half, right? It's these stories is why I keep showing up. It's photographers like Deanna, who you, you saw her case study on Thursday, last Thursday session. And when I, I went to DM her one day and she was just saying, she's like, I'm on track to do this. And she had 14 extra income without realizing it. These are monumental changes, folks. And that's why I show up for you today. And it's because the commonality between all these individuals is that they trusted and they followed these five steps in the framework. 
And whether you knew it or not, every successful senior photographer that you look up to, that you uh, aspire to be like, they all operate from these five gears. And whether you, you see that or not, it's happening behind the scenes. And when we put it all together, and that's what we're gonna be doing today is diving into what each of these gears actually do. And when we put them together, they actually build a senior photography business that creates that consistent, for me, six figure per year business. For others, that success where, you know, it's those photographers like Deanna where they went from barely, you know, making it, where they're like, I don't know if this is gonna work, to taking that leap of faith to 14Xing their income. And so as we kind of dive into these different gears, this is what it is all composed of. And I'm just gonna make sure that my screen is, okay, perfect. Wanted to make sure I didn't throw off the, the graphics or anything like that. So in that first gear, what we have is what I call the client journey. In the second gear, we have the systems, the processes of actually making our business run more efficiently. And then we also have the client experience. This is hugely important. And we talked a little bit about kind of the why and that sort of thing that fills into the client journey, but how does our why actually extend and work simultaneously with that client experience that we're offering? We talk about expanding reach because how are we actually supposed to get clients on our books if we can't reach them? That's probably a big question for you all. And then we also are gonna talk about pricing because pricing, if it's in misalignment with our business, and at the end of the year, you know, it's tax season, you may be doing your taxes right now or this weekend, and well, hopefully not right now, hopefully you're like, I'm gonna put this training, or I'm gonna put taxes aside for this training for like an hour and a half or so. But at the end of the day, if we're not priced appropriately, what's gonna happen is we're gonna look back and say, I was doing all this work for nothing. And so these are the foundations of every business. And go ahead and just type in the chat what you are looking forward to the most. I'm gonna grab a sip of water before we jump into it, but love, love, love today's training. I'm really excited to get to it. Alrighty, so let me know which of these you're most excited about, and hopefully type all five if you're like, I wanna dive into all five of these. So without further ado, we're gonna jump right to the meat of today's training, which is the five steps to booking more seniors, making more, and actually creating a thriving senior photography business. So that is what we are diving into today. That is what today is about. And it's when we operate from these five things that everything starts to come together in our business. At least it has for me and it has for my students. So um, I don't know what page we're on on the workbook. You may just have to flip through it, should say segment three. And the first gear, in the journey or in our in the dashboard or not the dashboard the workbook is the client journey and what we want to do is we want to get to a place where make it making marketing not seem like marketing at all oftentimes what we do is we look at businesses and we say what are they doing to get me to buy their product and how can i do the same and go ahead and just type like your favorite brand where you're like, oh my goodness, like anytime this brand puts out something, I have to have it. And what we wanna do is we wanna say, you know, why is that? How can we do exactly the same thing in our business that other brands are doing? How do we make that possible? What is it that we can implement into our senior photography business that the multi-billion dollar brands are doing? And for some of you, it may be like a car brand, it may be a shoe brand, uh, you know, 
purse. Maybe it's, uh, you know, something like that. I see like Apple in here. Yeah, like everyone's got to have like the latest and greatest iPhones, right? And one of the things that we're going to do is that we're going to dive into how the brands actually bring the consumer, bring you into their business, how you are actually a part of something that you can believe in and that you can relate to. And how do we do that through marketing? Because when we're able to bring people into our business that believe in what we do, that relate to us, the whole game changes, right? Because if we can do that in our business and we say, well, we don't have to worry about them asking about price or we don't have to worry about them doing X, Y, or Z, it becomes a lot easier for us to, to actually make them and turn them into a client. And one example is Nike. So I'm in Portland, Oregon. I've been wearing Nikes for as long as I remember. In fact, when I have to go get a new pair of uh, shoe of shooting shoes, what I do is I literally just go on, uh, you know, like Dick's Sporting Goods or Nike or whatever is carrying my brand of Nike free, and I just put it on reorder. It's it's like the worst thing in the world. I don't think I've changed up my shoe style in like the past like seven or eight years, right? And one of the things that Nike does so well to attract uh, their athlete clientele, and honestly, anybody for that matter, what they do is they form this campaign. And you may be familiar with it. It's the, the Just Do It slogan that they have. And one of the reasons that they did this was because it spoke to the individual that they wanted to attract. They didn't just tell you to buy a pair of shoes. They attracted individuals who resonated with the brand, which was under any circumstance. And we talked about circumstances in session two. Under any circumstance, no excuses. To get to that next level, you just have to do it. Instead of just saying, we make the best shoes, they said, if you want to become the great, one of the greatest athletes in the world or perform at the top of your game, what you need to do is just do it. And what they said, what they did is they paired that product with that slogan. And in essence, what happened is anyone who related to the brand and what it stood for was then wanting to buy that product. And whether we know it or not, that's the whole essence of who Nike is, is that they produce the top performing apparel because it's because of the people that actually want to become those top athletes. It's those individuals who drive their, their personal physical drive and do it with the help of Nike, not because of Nike, but alongside Nike. And what we want to do is we want to pull those individuals into our brand. And notice that I said something very important. Nike didn't just say, we build the, or we create the best shoes, so buy them. And when we look at our photography business, what's happening is that there's a common belief out there where 95% of photographers have this belief and they say to themselves, if I post these amazing images, the clients that see those amazing images and like those images will book with me. And just type 95 in the chat if this is something that you've thought. Because in the beginning, I very much thought this. I thought that all I needed to do was be the best photographer 
if I learned cool new locations, if I shot in the, you know, the best spots for lighting, if I had my clients dress the best, and if I took better photos and I was technically better than every other individual in my area, that clients would have no reason not to book me. I see like a lot of 95s, yeah. And this is, like I mentioned, the common belief that's held. And what happens is I realized that I was completely ne neglecting the client in my marketing process. In fact, I wasn't making it about the client at all. It was kind of like me as if I was Nike saying, we make the best shoes, buy our shoes. Rather than saying we cater to the world's best class of athletes who are willing to just do it no matter the circumstance. They're willing to go for it. And when I looked back and I said, well, why is this? That's when it struck me. Because I realized that like we talked about in session two where we need to differentiate ourselves. Well, when we look around, every other photographer is using the exact same strategy. And I say, you know, if you don't believe me, you don't have to take what I say at face value, you know, do your, do your own investigating, but look at Instagram. Look at what other photographers in your area are doing. And just type a big absolutely or yes in the chat if this is what you see from a lot of their feeds. Type, and maybe it's your own feed as well. Where what happens is we get so caught up on saying, well, we need to post, we need to post, we need to post. And what happens is we only focus on those finished images, the sneak peeks, the final product. And we look around and what we've done if we, is we've essentially commoditized ourselves. We talked about commodities on Tuesday's session, training number two, and how if we don't build a brand, how are we ever supposed to stand out and differentiate ourselves? And what's happening is that we're inadvertently doing this by only posting those sneak peek images. And so we have to realize, we say, okay, well, <clears throat> if posting sneak peeks isn't what we need to do, how do we stand out in our market? If it's not the most effective way, what do we actually need to be doing? And this is where the client journey came in. And what I quickly realized is that when we only go from posting the sneak peeks, we run into a couple issues. And you may be running into these issues as well, where if we only want to stand out through taking great photos, well, we run into the issue of our clients don't know good photos from bad photos. Who here, and just type uh, GB for good and bad, if you've ever had the experience where what happens is you sit down at your, uh, your ordering session or showing your uh, photos for the first time, or maybe you uh, just do like a digital gallery, and what happens is they post the image that maybe wasn't your favorite from the session. You're like, oh my goodness, it's like, this is like one of my least favorites from that set that I gave you. It's probably happened to, to you. It's definitely happened to me where I'm like, really, you're going you're gonna to post that image? And it comes down to that our clients, whether the image is technically good, whether it's the best image you've ever taken in the world, they don't know that. 
because what happens is they see themselves in the image. They see their smile. They may have been posed a certain way that they like that's appealing. You know, maybe they just like how their eye squint looks in that photo if they normally have like a squinty eye or something like that. And then we have the situation too where they they have like their, their friend's Instagram photo and you're like, oh yeah, like, um, you know, where did you have any like kind of ideas of what locations you wanted to shoot at or anything like that? And then before you kind of start thinking in your head of like, oh, which location would go well with this outfit? They show you an Instagram photo and it's their friend and they're like, I love this photo. And it's like crappy filter. It's overexposed. It's not in a cool, you know, it's not in a great location. And you ask them, what do they like about it? And they're like, oh, I like this and this. They don't see what we do as photographers. And so if we are constantly coming to our clients and expecting them to have that trained professional eye that we do, we're not ever going to actually get those clients or we're not ever going to be booking as effectively as we could. Because what happens is art is subjective. Our photography is subjective, meaning that what we like and what others like is never going to be the same. It is up for personal opinion. And so if we are relying on that to book ourselves, what we're doing is we're actually selling ourselves short. Not to mention that we talked about how people do not buy the same, they don't buy what's the same, they buy different. We talked about Apple, their whole motto is think different. And if we are only doing the exact same thing as every other photographer on Instagram, how does that make us appear? If we're only focused on the subjective portions of it, and we're pairing that with doing the exact same thing, isn't it just left up to wherever they want to go, whatever they feel drawn to, whatever photo they like best and worse, whatever pricing is the lowest or whoever is the most cheap and convenient, the commoditization. And then lastly, it doesn't overcome the objections that they have. Where if they have something holding them back from booking us, if there's some hesitancy, we're going to talk about what that may be in a little bit. How are we ever supposed to move them forward in the process if there's always something holding them back? And what this isn't to say is that you can run a photography business by taking bad photos. It's not what I'm here to say. What I'm here to say is that we can't solely focus on taking great photos as a way of standing out in our market, of attracting those ideal clients. And we have kind of these two situations. So the first is the photographer who's that shoot and burn photographer. And some of you may have heard this example. It's one that I use quite a bit because it illustrates the point that I'm trying to make so effectively. Where we have this photographer and their process is they come in. This is the shoot and burn photographer where after the session, they just kind of hand you the disc of images, right? Or uh, not even disc, USB if images, or maybe they do it as like a digital download. And one of the things that they do is they, they don't give you any preparation. They don't give their clients a consultation. They don't do any hair and makeup. They show up to the shoot and they say, hey, we're meeting at this spot at this time. And they, have, they don't give their client any input. They say, we're gonna shoot for about 60 to 90 minutes at this location. 
mind them, mind you, they haven't seen their outfits. They don't know what their personality is. They don't know if they're like, um, you know, an athlete or somebody who wants to be in nature, right? They have no idea about this individual. And then the photographer shows up or ends the session, says, peace, and then says, I'll email you a gallery in like two to three weeks. And that's that experience, right? So that first 15 minutes, the client's uncomfortable, they're not getting ready, and then it's like, okay, I gotta do an outfit change, so now I don't like any of my photos from that first outfit. I'm not even shooting in a location that I really like. This photographer, I didn't really get to know. And then we contrast that with the photographer that's the full-service photographer where before the session they're giving tons of preparation to their client, maybe they're doing an in-person consult or uh, even just like a phone or over text consult to make sure that they're all on the same page, doing hair and makeup with them, you know, professional hair and makeup, shoots like an hour and 20 minutes that includes what the client wants, where they're going to the locations they want. The first 15 minutes, maybe they're just, it's like what I do, I just sit down at hair and makeup and just talk with the client, get them to know me, get them comfortable with who I am. And then at the end, what they do is they say, well, what we're going to do is we're going to come together and we're going to order all your products. We're going to order the albums. I'm going to sit with you and design this so that you don't have to do it on your own. And we pair these two. And then we ask ourselves the question of if their social media feeds look the exact same, who, who are you going to book? because it's all just sneak peek after sneak peek after sneak peek, or finished image after finished image after finished image. And when we ask ourselves the question of which photographer are you going to choose, we go back to that exercise that we did on Tuesday's training session, number two, and we say, which one? And type in the chat, which photographer are you gonna go with? Are you gonna go with photographer A? or photographer B, their social medias look the same. For all we know, we expect that they do the exact same thing. We think that, well, if they were doing something different, they would have told us, right? They would have said, hey, we're doing this and this and this and this, but their social media feed doesn't tell us that story. So which are you gonna go with, A or B? And type in the chat which photographer you're gonna end up with. Because what happens is at the end of the day, we run into a situation where whichever photographer is cheaper, whichever photographer is quicker, can turn them around, is the photographer that's going to get the business. And the reason for that is because they've done nothing different to stand out. What they're doing is they're only relying on taking great photos and showing that portion of their business on social media. We don't differentiate ourselves. We force our clients to believe that we're the same as the other photographers. Namely, if they've had a previous experience and what happens is they say, oh yeah, well that photographer just gave me the images. Holy cow, you're priced at $2,000 and they haven't told you anything about their process, that they actually are a full-service photographer, that they are with you every single step of the way, where they're not just showing up to the shoot. That client has a preconceived notion that of what photography is, 
that we have not met at what we do, that we have not informed them of what it is that we do in our business. And we also don't overcome any objections that our clients are, are coming to us with. What if my photos don't turn out? I'm not sure I want professional hair and makeup. Why should I even do this? You know, how are my photos going to look? What is the editing going to look like? Am I going to look over, overly edited? What if I go to really bad locations that I don't like? These are all objections that our clients have that if we are not answering them, what's going to happen is they're going to say, well, I'm not going to book with this photographer, right? They're expensive. Plus, I don't even know if the photos are going to turn out. That's just one of their objections that they may have. And if you're sitting here and you're watching this, just raise your hand if you're wondering, you know, I, I'm posting amazing work. Why aren't clients booking me? Just put like a, a, a why or a, a me in the chat or something like that. Maybe that's you. That was me for a, a little while before I figured this out. There are tremendous photographers. And as my one of my photography business mentors once said, there are a lot of really great photographers that are bad business people. And there are a lot of bad business people that are great photographers. Great photographers that are bad business people, great business people that are bad photographers. And one of the things that happens is we look at who's successful and it's the person that's running the business. And while we may think that this is, yeah, it's an, it's an artistic thing, it is to a degree. But if we also don't pair that with the business side of things and understanding why it is that we need to do what it is, we lose track and we lose focus of what is actually needed in our business of what's actually going to book clients, what's actually going to make money. And if we don't make money and we don't book clients, do we have a business at all? We may take great photos, but do we have a business? And our clients aren't coming to us because we're the best photographer. I hate to break this to you, but that's not the reality. My clients aren't coming to me because I'm the best photographer. In fact, probably far from it. I'm sure there are many of you in this chat that know their lighting better, that can shoot in any situation better than I can, that can pose better, that can get their clients to you know, be more relaxed. Whatever it may be, there is a better photographer out there. And so if our only goal, our only thing that we're doing is chasing and saying, I'm going to be the best photographer and then people will book me, that day is never going to come. And so if that's your whole strategy right now, we need to fix that because there's always going to be somebody out there that's better than you. That's just the truth. So if we are waiting here and saying, well, I, when I become the best, when somebody says, oh, you, you're really good, you should do photography, right? And you say, yeah, I don't know. We're waiting for somebody to give us the go ahead. We're waiting for somebody to say, you've done it. And if we're waiting for that moment, that day is never going to come. It's up to us to make that step forward, to say, I'm going to do this, even if I'm not the best, even if there are people that are better than me, I'm going to take the step forward. And what happens is we look back and we say, well, what is it that Nike did? If they didn't say, buy our running gear, it's the best, what are they doing? Well, we have to look at the process that it took to get their client there, their consumer. 
What is it that Nike's doing to walk them through from, I think I need new shoes to, I want to buy Nike. What does that process look like? Well, what we can do is we can say, well, if we can take them through the process of what it is to what it takes to be an athlete, where it takes getting up in the morning, it takes hard work, it takes dedication, it takes commitment. And then with this gear, what you'll be able to do, and when I say gear, not the gear that we're talking about right now, but when we have this shoe, what's going to do is it's going to make it easier for you. Well, what we want to do is we want to say, how can we apply this to our photography? Where rather than just focusing on all of the sneak peeks and saying how great our photos are, what we need to do is we need to take our client through that process as well. Where it's instead of a pair of shoes that they need, they're saying, I need senior photos. And then how can we take them through the process of getting them to book us as a client? And how can we make sure that we're overcoming those objections along the way? Where we're saying, hey, as a client, what we're going to do is we're going to do this and this and this, and here's why we're going to do it. Remember the why of part two, training two? We're going to say, this is what we do. Here's why we do it. Here is how it's going to benefit and impact you. And that's what the client journey is. So when we introduce our client journey, not only are we overcoming those objections, we're also involving the clients. In fact, Generation Z, the generation we're marketing to, one of the top things that they want to do is they want to be a part of what it is that you do. In fact, there's uh, a famous uh, chips company, Lay's, and what they do is every year, or they used to do this, ran a fan contest. And in that contest, what they did is they said, hey, what we're going to do is we're actually going to let you vote on what your favorite chip flavor is. And at the end of the contest, what we're going to do is we're going to, for a limited time, actually make that chip. So as crazy as it seems, if you want a fish and chips Lay's potato chip, we're going to make that. If you want something that's honey, sriracha, barbecue, ranch combo, we're going to make that if that's what you all want. And one of the things that they did is they, they said, hey, it's not a matter of what we want to do in our brand. It's a matter of what you want to do. It's not if we want to make this chip flavor. It's do you want us to make this chip flavor and which one? They involve them as part of the brand because they don't care. Your clients don't care if you're the best photographer, if they aren't a part of the process, or if they don't even know what happens during the shoot with you. If they're showing up and they're saying, I don't know what's going to happen, Sean, we've missed a step in our journey. We've missed a step in that client process. And what happens is when we shift our strategy, our marketing strategy to implementing the client journey in our business, well, what happens is we focus less on how great our images are and more on the client themselves. The most important aspect of our marketing, the client. And sometimes we lose sight of that. We ask ourselves, you know, how do we want to make our clients feel? This goes back to the exercise we did on Tuesday, you know, all building, uh, or actually maybe it was even Thursday session, building on all of these trainings together. What is it like to work with you? What's the vibe of your sessions? What even happens during my sessions? How is this different than what other photographers are doing? What occurs from the time when I book my photos to when I get my photos? And my question to you is, are sneak peeks accomplishing that? 
because oftentimes all those do is leave gaps or allow them to fill their preconceived notions of what it is that photography is with us because of past prior experience. And so what we need to do is we need to figure out a way, how can we answer these questions while informing what it is that we do and overcoming those objections? And that's where the client journey comes in. Because at the core of what this is, is it allows them to envision themselves as the subject. It allows them to resonate with what you're like as a person. In fact, Gen Z wants to have connections with personal brands. That's why I started vlogging a few years back was because what it did was it set the, the barrier of who I should say it allowed more people to get to know me. It lowered the barrier of saying, hey, in order to know me, you have to book with me. Or in order to get to know me, you have to really dig deep onto social media and find out like one post of our picture that we posted six months ago introducing ourselves and talking about our favorite food and where we like to travel and who we are. Who here has done like a personal post? Just type um, like P for personal post. If you're like, oh yeah, Sean, I, I do that. I, I posted a photo of myself and I talked about like my favorite things, right? We all, we all do it. Hey, I do it from time to time as well. But one of the things that's really important is we need to recognize that that's not the only step in the journey. That's one portion of it, of getting them to know us. But how do we take that to the next level? How do we incorporate video, Snapchat, Instagram stories, um, live video, anything like that? How do we incorporate that into our business to allow people to get to know us better? And why the client journey is so effective is that what happens is it establishes us as the go-to photographer and the seniors that are interested in booking with us. Well, when we overcome their objections, they're going to be more likely to book with us, right? If their main objection is, what are you like as a photographer or what happens during my shoot and you're not overcoming those, well, they're going to say, maybe there's another photographer out there versus saying, this is the photographer, so what we need to do is we need to step into the role of, of saying, here's what we do from start to finish. And here is what we're going to do during your session. And here's how it's going to impact you and benefit you. And so what we need to do is we need to say, okay, well, what does this client journey outline look like? And I always say that the best way to think about the client journey is to break down what you're doing in your senior experience and create pieces of content around that. And so get your notes out because I'm gonna drop some three bullet points. The first is we need to imagine that you're in your prospective client's shoes. And what you wanna do is you wanna say, if you have never worked with me, what do I need to do so that you are able to tell your friends exactly what it is that I do? What happens from the beginning? What happens in the middle? What happens in the end? And when we are able to do that, what happens is we say, okay, well, then what can we do and where can we put it out? What social media platform is the best? And the second part is you're going to write what it is that you do before the shoot, during the shoot, and after the shoot centered around your differentiating factors. Hair and makeup. What am I doing before, at, during, and after the session for hair and makeup? 
products or in-person sales? What am I doing before, during, after? Locations, what do I do before, during, and after the session when it comes to everything locations? Scouting, uh, pairing your locations and wardrobe together, making sure that they're unique, a variety of locations. What are we doing during the session? So that's number two. And then number three is what we need to do is we need to say, okay, well, how can I do this across a variety of platforms in a way that I'm not overworking myself? Where I'm saying, I'm not chasing my tail, spinning around in circles, trying to post on 10 different social media platforms. You know, uh, who knows? Heck, maybe MySpace is going to be back next week, right? We don't know what's coming next. And so what we need to do is we need to figure out a strategy of how can we perform what we need to do on a variety of social media platforms without driving ourselves crazy. And that's where having a workflow comes in. Where when we have a workflow, we say, okay, we're going to do this for, for every single client. Not only does that create consistency, which builds trust, but what it also allows us to do is to say, hey, we know what's going on. And rather than us kind of scrambling last minute to figure out what we need to post on a Wednesday night, because it's 9 p.m. and that's when we need to post to Instagram, what we're doing is we're saying, we know we're gonna post this for this client because we're at this step in their client journey. And then what we do is it becomes very easy because we just repeat that for every client. And one of the things I always say is, you know, if we're just showing up on social on one or two platforms and we're just kind of posting what we want, well, what happens is we're missing out on a lot of potential reach and impact. Because if we're just posting what we want, how are we showcasing our clients and saying, hey, this is what we do. Here's how it benefits you. And this is the mistake that I see a lot of photographers making. And it's because they don't know how to be on those different platforms, much less what to post. They have no structure and they don't have any plan. And so what we need to do is we need to say, okay, here are my three to five differentiating factors. This is what you worked through in session two. What we need to do is we need to put these together and say, well, this one may work better for this social media platform. This one may be a better way of communicating and educating our clients. TikTok is extremely beneficial for educating our clients. It's a natural entertainment and educational platform. They pair very well together. It's a unique platform unlike I've ever seen before. And then what we need to do is we need to map out exactly what happens during your session that allows you to overcome those objections they have. And when we pair all of that together and we say, okay, we're gonna do this for every client, we're gonna do this in our off-season marketing strategy, everything comes together. And so if you're struggling to get people to inquire and book with you, I want you to focus less on, on sneak peeks and more time focusing on how you're bringing your clients through the journey. Are you explaining what happens every single step of the process. Can somebody who looks at your Instagram, looks at your website, looks at your um, any, you know, any social media, can they tell you exactly what it is that you do during the senior process? I know that was a lot. That was a lot. Uh, type like notes if you've been writing like feverishly and, and getting your notes all filled in on your workbook. And one of the things that we need to do with our client journey before we get to number two as I see some people where they're like, oh my goodness, like I'm so crazy busy. We need to do it in a way that allows us to say, we don't need to be everywhere in a way that we're overworking ourselves. What we need to do is we just need to step back and say, where do we need to spend our time to the best of our ability? 
How can we do stuff like batch systems, all that stuff? Deb, I'm gonna screenshot that. She says, gosh, this is better than a TED talk. I hope so. You guys are here, I'm trying to deliver, make impact for you guys, that's what I'm about. All right, number two, the power of systems and processes. Working less while making more. Who wants to work less while making more? D type WLWMM in the chat, work less while making more. Because that's what I want to do. And so this is seg uh, number two in segment three in the workbook. And one of the things that I always say is the saying comes, and the way, the whole reason that I put these systems and processes in place, there is always a method to my madness. It may not seem like it, but there is. And you always know the saying where they say, well, what we need to do is we need to put our best foot forward. Well, the same goes for a client experience. If we aren't putting our best foot forward, starting at the inquiry process, starting from making sure that when they first make contact with us that we're giving them the best experience, well, what's gonna happen is they're never going to actually find out or know what it is that we offer because they're not gonna look any further to find out. If they had a bad experience with the inquiry and all of a sudden they said, well, we don't want that photographer, first impressions are everything, Forget what it is, but it's like, it takes like seven or eight interactions to overcome a first interaction with somebody where immediately when you know somebody or when you meet somebody, you form an instant reaction, instant perception of them. You guys did that with me. You know, if you haven't met me before, you have a perception of me. And our clients do that with us as well. And one of the things that I love to do is so when we go to Maui, we always go to this restaurant. It's one of my absolute favorite restaurants to visit. It's called Mama's Fish House. It's in Paella. And um, Paella, Paella, one of the two. I feel like I'm saying like that Spanish rice rice dish. And uh, type Mama's in the chat if you've been to Mama's before. World famous. Like celebrities come here all the time. It's like right on the ocean. You, I, We always grab a table during sunset so that we can see that like all like sometimes there's surfers out there but oftentimes it's just like a beautiful sunset with the palm trees and the coastline and one of the things that mamas does is um even if it's a little bit of a wait you know we always get reservations and stuff like that but even if it's a little bit of a wait the first thing that they do is they immediately bring you a tomato bisque sometimes they change it up and then some really nice like warm bread to like dip your bisque in it's like a sipping uh, tomato shrimp bisque or something like that. It's delicious. I'm not, a, I'm not a tomato person, by the way. I like tomatoes. I don't like tomato juice and tomato soups and stuff like that. But this tomato bisque is like phenomenal. And what they do is they come out and they say, uh, this is compliments of the chef. And immediately before they've even taken your drink order, you have that at your table. And so what happens is immediately as you step into the restaurant, they're setting those expectations. They're setting up, hey, here's your experience, what we're going to do. And then what they do is they bring that from very start to the very end, where the end, they um, they have this amazing, it's a it's called a black pearl, Polynesian black pearl. And it's got like these, these cookie shells. Look up a photo of it, just type mama's black pearl. It has this amazing cookie shell, clam shell, looks like a clam. This lily koi cream and this amazing like chocolate ganache type dessert right in the middle. And they, they start from start 
from the start, from the get-go, on a high note, and they end on a high note. And what we need to be doing is the exact same thing in our business. Now what we have to do is we have to say, okay, well, what if that was the opposite scenario? And I'm sure that you can probably think of a time where you've had a negative situation in a restaurant and you've been sitting and you've been waiting and 10 minutes passes by, 15 minutes passes by, you're like, do we get sat in the wrong section? Like what's going on? And the server finally comes up to you and says, so sorry you've been waiting. We completely, somebody accidentally put you in the wrong section. I'm here to take care of you now. Okay. Now imagine if that was a restaurant that you were really excited for. They don't bring any bread to the table. They didn't greet you with water. You had to wait 15, 20 minutes until you even had somebody come up to you. Now, where does that leave you for your impression of the restaurant? No matter how good that meal is, you're going to be thinking about the initial service, how it wasn't up to par. It wasn't up to your expectations. And what I want you to think about is when you look back at both of those experiences, which one are you going to remember more? You're going to remember the poor service. Because what happens is our brains naturally remember negative experiences more than we remember the positive. That's why it takes multiple times for somebody to overcome a negative perception, something negative that happens to them. You could be going to a restaurant that's your favorite restaurant, and then one time they mess up and you say, I'm out, I'm not coming here again. We are very quick to dismiss things that aren't perfect. And so my question to you is, are you making every step of the process perfect especially starting from the inquiry response. Because if your inquiry responses from the very start, the system and processes that you have in place, if they're like the slow restaurant, what happens is your potential clients aren't gonna stick around to know how good that meal is. And what happens is your inquiry process needs to be something that even the clients that don't end up working with you start to rave about. They want to talk about it where I've had clients where they book me and it's the most wild thing in the world because they're like, oh yeah, so-and-so referred you. I've never worked with that person. And they're like, oh yeah, Angela referred you. I don't even know who Angela is. I don't even know if I've had a client named Angela before. Out of the 300, 400 seniors I've worked with, I don't actually think I've ever worked with an Angela. So who is this person? Well, it's because you've done everything right that they've taken every step in the process with you as part of that client journey, as part of your inquiry systems, your processes, those sorts of things. And they say, he's amazing, go work with him. And what we wanna do, you know, who here wants people referring us, just raise your hand, type me in the chat. If you're like, yeah, that would be amazing if like people were referring me that I didn't even work with, right? And it all comes down to having every single step of the process dialed in. And so what that inquiry response does, what these systems in our business do, is it hooks prospective clients right from the beginning. And if we're not hooking our clients, what happens is that they're going to pick the most convenient option for them. They're going to pick the cheapest, the better, you know, the better priced, whatever, uh, the more convenient one where they can get their photos back quicker. 
if we're not hooking them, if we're not telling them every step of the client process, right? That's gonna happen to us. And so what we need to do is we need to wow our prospective clients. But how do we do that? What do we need to do to actually wow them? And it's not like wow airlines because they went under, you know, those bright pink planes we used to fly to Iceland. We don't want to do that. We want to do the opposite of what wow did. They went under, they did not wow their clients. So here's what not to do. When we look at how we're even answering emails, how we're interacting with our clients, well, one of the things that we need to do is we want to make sure these are the things we're not doing. And if you're somebody that is doing this, well, what we need to do is we need to fix this. We need to do this fast. Because if we can't get them to actually stick around to be in basically with us throughout that process, how are we ever going to convert them as a booked client? See those people where they respond to emails super slowly. Right? They say, oh, I'll get to this later. And oftentimes what happens is it comes from a lack of, of systems in place where what happens is we say, well, I'll get to that later. And then it slips a little bit further down in our inbox. Ah, I don't have 10 minutes to answer this email inquiry. I'll put it off another day. And then the next thing you know, that email is like four or five days old. And you're like, holy cow, I didn't reply to so-and-so. So that happened to you where you're like answering an email and then you're like, oh, I'll get to this later. You hit unread and then it goes in your inbox or worse, you forget to click unread and now you have no idea where that email is in your inbox. And how is that leaving an impression on your client? They're so busy, they can't even take care of me to answer an inquiry when I'm trying to book them. How are they going to treat me as a client? They can't even... Tell me what they're priced at. What does that tell me about their client experience? Or worse, what we do is we send them a wall of text. Send them this email and it's just, boom, text right in your face. No line breaks, no pictures, <laughs> no links. Just that with words. They're, they're like, oh my goodness, this is like paralysis right here. They're like, holy cow, I have to read all this? I just want to know what, like, what it is that you do. I don't, I don't want to read a, a novel. I've got enough reading with schoolwork. And, you know, my mom just got home from work and she works as an attorney and she's been reading text, all legal documents all day. The last thing she wants to do is read a wall of text on an email. And then what happens is we also make the mistake of sending them our pricing without establishing our value. Say, yep, here's my senior session packages. It's $2,000. It's, you know, you get two hours of shooting. Here's, you know, all that stuff. And they say, well, why are you any different than the photographer down the road? Because all we see on your Instagram is posting sneak peeks. See how these build and compound on each, on each other's? And then what we do is we say, well, we forget to showcase how we're different is part of that inquiry process, part of our systems and processes in place. And part of that system and process is having a client journey in place. And so when we put all this together, we say, why does that client want to book us? It's probably going to be very hard to actually get that client to say, yeah, we want to book you as a senior photographer if we're doing all these things. 
But what happens is we flip the tables again, just like we did in the restaurant example, where now what happens is as you're sitting watching this, and you want to start converting those leads to actual book clients. Well, what happens is we need to have a client inquiry process that's dialed in. Namely, how are we responding to emails in a timely manner that even when we're out with our family, it works in the background? Are we sending them that beautifully crafted visual email that helps break up the text that establishes us as the go-to photographer? Because what we're doing is we're taking the time and care to even design our emails in a way that looks beautiful. Are we establishing value before we introduce our pricing? Or are we saying, here's our pricing, now book us? Are we saying, here is what we do, here's how we benefit you, here is how we impact you, here is why, what our why is? And if that resonates with you as a client, we would love to work with you, here is our full pricing. And then lastly, are we showcasing how we're different? Are we saying we're not just a photographer, we do X, Y, and Z, and we tie it back to how we overcome their objections and benefit that client impact them? Are we doing those things in our client inquiry process or are we letting those slip through the cracks? And the three-step formula that I have when planning out that inquiry formula is a visually rich email. Are we sitting back and saying, here, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna send them an email we're going to say, we're going to fill this with information of how we're different. Maybe what we're even going to do is we're going to pair a magazine with it, a visual, you know, a visual magazine, and they can flip through it. It's a digital magazine, by the way. They can flip through it, learn even more about our business of how we're different, why we're different, what it is that we do. And then what we do is we start to get them envisioning what it would look like for them to be in that client experience. What would it look like for them to step foot into the field with you? as you're taking photos of them with that beautiful golden light behind them? Are we using things like testimonials? In, um, testimonials? Are we doing things like overcoming their objections with frequently asked questions, those sorts of things? And then comes the follow-up sequence. And you may be thinking, Sean, I don't have time to send a follow-up sequence. Well, that's what the 95% of other photogra photographers are thinking too. They're saying, I don't have time for this because my time is better spent with my clients, which they're right. Your time is better spent with your clients. But what we need to do is if we can get this into a system that automates and we can get this into a system that works while we're not even, while we're sleeping, while we're not even at our computer and it's still following up with our clients, how is that going to make them feel? Are they going to feel like the, person at the restaurant who the waiter made them wait 15, 20 minutes where they're waiting for their photographer to even reply to the first email, much less following up with them? Or are they the person that's taken care of and a day or two after that initial email, there's a follow-up saying, hey, did you have any questions? Wanted to check in, make sure you're okay, that you got everything, that it didn't end up in junk. And then when they email you and they say, hey, we're ready to book, are you making them jump through a million hoops or are you making this a two- maybe three-click process. Mind you, what we need to do is this sounds like a lot. You may be saying, that sounds like a lot, Sean. How do I actually do this in my business? And that comes from having those systems, those processes in place. Because when we have those systems and processes in place, not only is this all automated, I run my entire client inquiry, my, my prep emails, my follow-up session emails, everything goes through that. My systems and processes also include editing and outsourcing. 
And I know that may sound scary to you. And if you don't want to outsource your editing, that's okay. Outsource your taxes, your bookkeeping, those sorts of things. Outsource uh, email response or, or automate it through programs like Irisworks. Use the photo editive for my photo editing. By the way, they have some giveaways. So when you complete your thriving senior photographer dashboard, some photo editive gift cards are actually going to be as part of the giveaways. And these are all things that I'm doing to streamline and scale my business. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have any system in place, you don't have any way of scaling your business. And if you remember the graph at the end of day one, we showed how with the same amount of work, you can, you're maxing out your potential impact, your potential number of seniors, your potential revenue, your income without having those processes in place. So what we need to do is we need to get as much in our business automated or taken off our plate as possible if we want to have the max impact on our clients. Because what I see a lot of students struggle with is they say, well, I don't, I don't know if, I, if I'm going to take that leap, right? What happens if I don't know, you know, if that email is going to send? We have all these limiting beliefs that hold us back. And they say, well, I'm just going to do everything by hand so that I know that it's perfect and that it gets done. And then what happens is we're in the middle of busy season. And if you're not in the middle of busy season, if you haven't booked those seniors yet, there will come a time that you are in the middle of busy season. And isn't it better to have those client systems in place that allow you to then grow as a business while not having to worry about those because those are already done for you. And then what happens is we say, well, I want to make sure that it's perfect, that they're taken care of, that it comes from me personally. Now, let me ask you a question. Is it better to have your email sent Automated technology is amazing, folks. I can put first names in my client emails. I can have it update with what time their session is. I could even put where we're meeting if I need to. Are they going to know that it wasn't sent for me? Probably not. Because what we do is we worry and we say, well, if it's not sent from us, are we going to, are they going to like feel taken care of? And I used to have those beliefs as well because I thought the exact same thing. I said, well, if I don't send it personally, Aren't they going to think that I don't have time for them? In fact, it was the complete opposite. I remember one client came in and they said, holy cow, you are so organized. And I'm thinking, really? Because I feel like I'm. this has been like the most disorganized week of my life. And they said, you have been so organized. We have known what to do every single step of the process, when to do it. Your emails were so helpful. The welcome packet you sent out was so helpful. Again, part of processes. We're ready for today. We're so excited. And what we want to do is we want to start putting that into place because it's when we do that we see more inquiries convert into book clients and ultimately we scale our business from there. This includes things, and this isn't just the inquiry process. This is the client workflow. Do we have a consistent workflow of how we're organizing our time, our schedule, our calendars? Do we have a way of making sure that after the session they're taken care of? What does the, the process with you, once we've done the shoot, look like? Is it easy for them to follow the ordering session, the digital downloads, those sorts of things? Are we spending time that we could be spent better in other places? These all come together. Deb asks question, yeah, is this with Iris work? Yes. 
That's what I run through my email system. And then we come to three, our client experience. And this comes to building trust through communication. And how our clients feel working with you is absolutely essential to creating a sustainable photography business. If our clients don't trust you, if they don't like you, they're not going to refer their friends and word's going to spread about that pretty quick. And so if we're not giving our clients that best experience, they're probably not talking about us in the best way that they could be. And so what happens is we want our clients to have the best experience possible. And in order to do that, we need to be consistent in our communication. Namely, how are we working to prepare them for their senior photos? Because if they feel prepared, what we've already done is we've overcome the hardest part of the photo session. The hardest part of the photo session is what's going to happen? Will I like my photos? And if we can get them feeling comfortable and ready as they walk through the doors to your studio, your hair and makeup place, or even just showing up on location with you, what we've done is we've done the hardest part. Where if they feel like they already know us and they already know what's going to happen, how much easier is it for them to say, yeah, these are going to turn out well. And one of the best ways to do this is to prep your clients for an incredible client experience. And when your seniors feel prepped and ready and they trust you, they're going to have a better experience, right? I don't think that anybody is here and they're going to say, well, if I'm unprepped, I'm going to have a better experience than if I was prepped. I'm going to feel more confident if I was prepped or I'm going to feel more confident if I wasn't prepped than I was prepped. Not a lot of you are probably going to say that, right? And so if your clients don't know what to do, you know, we need to ask ourselves like, well, what objections are they going to have leading to the session? And if the senior's not prepped, you know, th this is probably how they're going to feel. Nervous. No clue what's going on. Uncertain about the outcome of their photos. Are they going to go to the locations that they like? Are they going to get the photos they like? Did I do everything I needed, right? Versus if you're prepping that senior through the client experience and saying, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready for these photos. I know exactly what's going on. I'm assured that everything will work out because I feel like you've been helping me along the way. That's part of the climbing, the systems and, and that sort of thing. And I know that I have everything. No box on my checklist has been, you know, left unchecked. I know exactly what I need to wear. I know what outfits will work best. I know what we need to do, when we need to do it, all of those sorts of things. And so what I say is I say, okay, well, what do we need to do to kind of illustrate that client experience to them? What do they actually need to do during that prep process? And the best way to do this is that I say, these are kind of like my must do's. And I say the must do's during the prep process. Well, what you need to do is you want to make sure that you as the photographer are present the entire time. What happens when we aren't present the whole entire time is that we have we leave our clients feeling not taken care of. Like they're just kind of an afterthought. We break it into tiny little pieces because how many of you have sent that wall of text email and your client shows up with wrinkled clothes and you say, did you read my email? And they say, what email? And you say, oh, there's the long lengthy one that had a ton of information in it. 
and they say, oh yeah, I, I skimmed through, I forgot to read it. It was really long, right? Are we breaking it into bite-sized pieces for them? Are we putting ourselves into our client's shoes? What do they need to know? We do this day in and day out for our job. Our client, this is the first time and the only time that they're getting senior photos done. First and only. How are we showing up for them? And then what we need to do is we need to be open. We need to allow them to ask questions. Are we giving them a platform and an avenue, a channel to ask us those questions? Are we answering those questions maybe before they even have them? We need to be there. We need to make sure that we're saying, yeah, we're always available. How are we making that? And how are we extending that invitation to them? And what happens is our prep timeline plays a whole, a huge role in this too. And when our clients are more prepped, it inherently leads to more trust. If they trust that we know what we're doing because they've helped prep, we've helped prep them, they probably are going to come into the session knowing that they trust us more to make better photos. And the best thing in the world is that client coming in and, and outfit one, they nail, they're rocking it because they feel confident, confident because they have been prepped. And so what we can do is, again, break it down into these three stages, the before, the during, and the after. And so what we can do is we can start running through this checklist. Okay, well, what, is, what do we need to do before the shoot? And this is the material that they need to know prior to even photographing with us. Think about, you know, the presentation or the preparation that they need to do weeks, if not months ahead. Shopping for outfits, making sure their skincare routine is good, getting their uh, hair done, you know, preferably not two days before the session when their hairstylist may or may not try to put blonde um, highlights in it and their hair turns purple. True story, folks, because even me, as somebody who preps my clients, one out of every 400 will fall through the cracks sometimes. During the shoot, what are we doing? How is your client experience and what does it look like? What should your client expect? How long are you going to shoot? Where are you going to shoot? Are you going to prep them to bring anything extra like extra outfits and accessories or, or dry hair and clean face if you're doing hair and makeup? Big one. It's 95 degrees. Guess what? They're probably going to forget if you don't remind them. It seems like the most logical thing in the world. They're probably going to forget water. We have shot in 100 degree weather and we've had to make an emergency water stop because they forgot their water. So even if you're doing these things, they happen. But if we can eliminate that in one out of every 400 clients or one out of every 40 or 50 clients you photograph a season, that's a lot better than 40 out of 40. So what our job is, is to eliminate and break it down what's happening, what they need in as best way of po as possible. And then after the shoot, you know, well, they want their photos. Okay, how are we setting expectations? Setting expectations is huge, especially if we have to edit or anything like that. We want to educate our client about how they can go about the photo ordering process, what to expect, whether it be in-person sales sessions or you're meeting virtually, or maybe you're sending them a digital gallery. And then how can we provide them material so that they can begin thinking about the products like wall art, where that album, you know, uh, who needs an album from their family, those types of things. 
It all comes down to this. And what we wanna do is we wanna fill in the gaps for every single one of these and walk them through. What to expect the before, the during, and the after. And when we do, what happens is when we prep them well in advance, it allows them to have that better client experience. And that's what we're after at the end of the day. If they know what to expect and it lived up to their expectations or exceeded their expectations, that's what we ultimately are after. Now the fourth gear, how do we expand our reach type? ER, not for emergency room, but for expand reach. If this is something that you would like to do. I'm just curious of who, uh, you know, who wants to expand their reach in their business. So I call this the ultimate calendar filler and organic marketing. So the best marketing is the marketing that others do for you, that word of mouth. In fact, it's one of the highest converting marketing techniques in the world. It's cheaper to uh, keep a customer than it is to get a new customer. And if our customers that we're keeping around and keeping happy can refer us to their friends, that's gonna be one of the highest converting warmest leads that we ever get in our business. In fact, I had somebody emailing me before my schedule even opened this year. It was like two times. And they're like, we, we need to get in, we need to get in. And I was like, who were they referred by? And it was one of my best clients last year. It was a client who spent like $3,500. I said, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna open up my calendar right now for them, get them on the books because I know that if they are part of my client process, they're gonna value what I do because they came from somebody who is referring them. They know the process, they know what it's about. And what we wanna do is if we want to build and expand that, what we should do is make sure that we have an intentional thought out mix of influencer marketing and the senior rep program is my go-to approach. And the changes with social media, the reason that the senior rep program is one of my go-to approaches and why I recommend it for photographers, especially if you're starting your business, is because with the changes to the Instagram algorithm, it's actually showing fewer of your posts than ever. But what happens is with influencer marketing, now all of a sudden we are able to expand our reach in a very cost-effective way. And I think back to Kylie Jenner. So Kylie Jenner and influencer marketing is one of the most common marketing techniques in the world now. In fact, it's really hard to go on social media and see a brand post that's not paired with some sort of influencer marketing. It's really super common. TikTok especially, Instagram especially. You know, if you follow any sort of blogger or lifestyle individual, you probably see like those product placements. I think even like, uh, you know, the Kardashians were doing like protein powder supplements at one point. Like brands will, brands will use influencers for anything. And there's a reason that Kylie Jenner is being paid over a million dollars per post. This is back like a, a few years back when the article first came out, over a million dollars per post. And I know of friends who have signed brand deals with stuff like Uber Eats for tens of thousands of dollars. And if we think that the brands are just throwing their money around for no reason at all, well, you're mistaken. Because what happens is though our reach may be declining, what isn't declining or what has built-in loyalty because of the individual associated with it is influencer marketing. 
It's why Kylie Jenner is able to have such a big platform and build a following because people trust her. And so when she puts a product out there, when she makes an endorsement, people are more likely to buy because they say, oh, well, Kylie is endorsing this, so therefore it must be good. So as we kind of navigate this, well, you're thinking, that's awesome, Sean. I don't personally have a million dollars laying around for Kylie to post about me. How can I make this work in my market? Who is considered an influencer in my photography world, my realm? And we have to kind of look at this and we, we pare it down where they don't need millions of followers. They don't even need thousands, you know, hundreds of thousands. They just need a, a hundred, 200, 300, 400, thousand, 2000, small numbers. And what happens is we want to make sure that they have influence in their community one way, shape, or form. Influence does not always mean that they have a high number of followers. So somebody can be an influencer, but not have tens of thousands of followers or even thousands of followers. Because what we want to look for is what are their how many followers do they have and do they have high engagement? Are people liking, are they commenting on the posts? Are they sharing the posts? And what we wanna do is we wanna have somebody whose peers take notice of what it is that they do. Is this somebody who they look up to, who's a, a leader in their communities, who's on ASB, who's on you know their track team as a, as, as a coach? Are they do, and participating in uh, business clubs? We have DECA here in the Northwest where it's like a business club, basically like business marketing for those who want to go into uh, business or leadership or entrepreneurial roles. Do, do the influencers align with your brand values? Are they very superficial or do they actually know things like stuff like what's true beauty? Those sorts of things. And then what an influencer also is going to do is they're going to help you reach their target, your target and ideal clients. So we talked about kind of this context as a model role, uh, model calls. And we say, okay, well, with model calls, one of the things that we want to do is we want to say, hey, well, with we want to make sure that you're in this particular high school that we're actually trying to get into. And if you're not at that high school, it's probably going to be hard for you to re for reach and break into that. And so what happens is we want to make sure that with these individuals are having some sort of reach. And sometimes this isn't reach that we can see. This may be an Instagram story post. This may be something that they're doing uh, in their communities too. If they have a large network of, of dance teammates that they're working with, that may be just showing them the photo. And what we do is we can kind of tell because of the way that they answer the senior rep application questions, how they would, how they would represent us. And like I mentioned, it's not always about the most number of shares or views or follows or anything like that. It's more, how do they show up on social media? How, who are they and in their community and how do they represent, how do they carry themselves and thus would represent you? Sometimes that's the better question that we need to be asking ourselves. And so what I always say is, you know, to use influencer marketing, well, this is the same as like the model calls where we want to reach out to them for a photo shoot. You're going to be building your brand recognition and posting at no marketing costs to you. This is the model call right here. But what if we want to take that to the next level? Well, 
Well, we can do this on an individual basis. And you may have some model calls on your books where you're saying, hey, I'm reaching out to this person. And um, like I mentioned, it's not always about tracking how many likes or follows they got. Sometimes it's who, what communities are they a part of? That is influence right there. And so what we could say is rather than doing this on an individual basis, well, what we can do is we can have a, a senior rep program for even more impact because since senior rep programs help you book more clients through Instagram, influencer marketing and influencer marketing is a fantastic way of getting, you know, around the, what I call the downsides of that Instagram algorithm. Well, this means that you have the perfect addition to grow your business. And a lot of people say, well, if we can do this with one person, we can do this with five or 10 or 15 or 20 people. And if we can put in the same amount of work, wouldn't that be awesome? We're doing one shoot, but now what happens is we have 10 times the impact or 10 times the reach. But a lot of people come into this and they say, well, I've tried a senior program and it didn't work. Spent too much time on it. Maybe I lost money on it. Nobody joined my team. I ended up not getting any referrals from it. I didn't know how much or how little to give them. It was a complete chaos with no plan. And just type SR for senior rep. If you've tried this before and maybe, and type like good or bad, or maybe it did or didn't work. What happens is I often say, well, if you're spending too much time on it, you're doing it wrong. I do not have all the time in the world. In fact, I spend very few hours every quarter with my senior rep program, yet it's still one of the best things that I've ever done in my business. I don't lose any money on it because my senior reps are actually paid clients. So when I know when I sign my team, I have these number of paid clients on my program. When nobody joined my team, I didn't let circumstances dictate. We, we talked about in session two, how some individuals operate from circumstance and use excuses. I didn't let those excuses. I did what I needed to do. I, I channeled my inner Nike and I just did it. And I said, okay, how am I going to reach more people? How am I going to get in front of more people? How am I going to get people to apply? Maybe you just said, I didn't end up getting any referrals from it. And we said, well, what's happening is even with referrals, maybe that's not our main objection or our main objective. Maybe it's not about how many referrals we get, but rather how well we're communicating and cultivating that client experience so that even when they're telling their friends a year or two from now, that pays off. Some photographers operate from immediate gratification or that, that instant instantaneous thing that they expect the results tomorrow. And senior photography is not like that. In fact, if you come into senior photography and you think that you're going to get results tomorrow or a week from now, you're sorely mistaken. Because what makes my students so successful and what makes thriving senior photographers successful is they don't look at this from just a, a seven-day or a 28-day goal. It's not just what happens in one month. It's what can I do to build a business long-term? It's easy to build it short-term. How can we make sure that that success lasts? And it's not from saying, we're just going to do what's good for us in the immediate what we have to do is we may have to do things that don't see it pay off for a year or two. In fact, when I started my vlog, it wasn't until another 18 months that I actually saw, I guess it was like more like 12, but it wasn't for another 12 months that I actually saw a direct 
revenue change. It wasn't until the next class of seniors that when I started doing the vlog, I remember sitting at a Starbucks. And even though that person who I did a vlog of, who was on my senior rep program, who was talking about me with their friends, they were sitting there with one of their friends who was a current junior at the time. Or who would be a junior, I should say. This was in the summer. We're sitting at Starbucks, and they say, oh, this is my friend, and her name was Olivia. And she said, oh, you have to work with her. She's amazing. Their family is one of my absolute favorite clients. They're just incredible people. And they say, you have to work with her. Here, uh, here, Sean, Olivia, Olivia, Sean. And she was a part of my senior rep program. And the reason she joined was she said, I love the vlog. I loved what you were doing because the vlog showcased the client experience. It showcased who I was. And then she said, I'm going to be on the senior team. When can I sign up? And I was like, well, it opens up in October. So just, you know, I'll, just, what's your Instagram? I'll make sure to direct message you and remind you. Put her on a list. Two years later, she's been like a $7,000 client between everything. Family photos, senior photos. And then her sister's going to be coming to me next year. So if you're a photographer and you're saying, I didn't get any referrals from it right now, what we're doing is we're looking at the picture wrong. Where it's not always what happens today or tomorrow, it's what happens maybe even 12 months from now. And if you're willing to stick around with it, if you have a plan, you avoid that complete chaos by doing it the right way, then we avoid a lot of, of pitfalls. And what I hear a lot around senior rep programs, and type free in the chat if, if you've done this before for free, is if you want to make your senior rep program work, you have to do it for free. And they think, actually, actually, this may be the best idea I've ever had. They say, especially if we do our rep program for free, not only is this going to lead to tons of people being in our program, but lots of people are going to be posting about my business and tons of new clients because guess what? Everyone's going to hear about me, right? This is actually one of the biggest mistakes we make because what happens is we run into a lot of issues where what I call like the typical path of the free senior rep program is, well, we begin our senior rep program and we decide to do it for free. We think this is going to be great. And then we get people on the team and in exchange for some free photo shoots and photos, they're going to help market us to all of our friends. And what happens? Well, we end up putting in lots of work for the free shoots. The reps don't really bring in any new business and we're back to square one with having little to no clients at the end of the year while spending all our time for naught. Because what we've done is we've given them something that they didn't value. In fact, people don't value free. What happens when we actually put a cost behind our senior rep program, some sort of initial investment only those who are the most dedicated, who are actually willing to work with you, who value what it is that you do, only is it when you put a price on it that you attract those individuals. Because what happens is there's no incentive for them to do anything, to part even to participate in your program. They have no skin in the game. And if they don't have any skin in the game, how can we expect them to value what it is that we do and actually show up? much less refer their friends. And when they do refer their friends, what are they gonna say? Oh, I got my photos for free. And then you pick up the phone and you answer the inquiry or answer the email and they say, oh, you charge for photography? 
And with the paid rep program, it completely eliminates all of that. And so you may be asking, you know, is a senior rep program even right for my business? Well, it is if you want to build brand recognition, bring awareness to your senior photo business. It's right for you if you want more clients booked early in the year. In fact, one of the things I love about it is it gives me peace of mind because by January, my calendar is halfway booked with just my senior clients and I can take on the additional clients based off my normal workload. It's phenomenal. So before I even open up my calendar, the regular people, most of my summer dates are already gone. And then we also want clients who are going to talk openly and candidly about us. And what happens is when we build those relationships with them, when we're able to see them not only just once, but over the course of say, I don't know, six months before their photo session, six to nine months for me, are they going to have a better relationship with you? And are they going to know what you're about and how you, how you work, right? And those are things that we want to do. And some of you may be thinking, you know, what even is a senior rep program? Is this, you know, what is this? And what a senior rep program is, this is just kind of a it in a nutshell. What consists of the shoots? So for me, uh, two to three core shoots per year. I personally do more now just because it's uh, what I want to do. But one of the things that you're saying is like, I'm working too hard and I'm doing shoots every month. Well, that's actually not helping you. And one of the things that may be happening is you actually may be overwhelming your senior rep clients. In fact, by giving them too much, they say, oh, well, I, I don't have time for this or uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use my time towards other things. I have a million things going on. And maybe what happens is you say, well, I'm going to give you all of your images and you don't have to ever post them or you have to post them and stuff like that. And we, we create these rules. And what happens is when we create these rules, uh, teenagers are a lot like toddlers where they do the complete opposite of what we ask. Or if you ask the toddler not to dump his juice on the ground, he's probably going to dump his juice on the ground, right? We've all probably been there where they're like, ha, watch me, right? And so I actually don't require my senior reps to post, but because I create that experience and no pressure environment, they actually share. And one of the things that we often focus on too is about the, the shoot themselves. In fact, we were at a, um, we were, I was on one of my coaching calls yesterday and we talked and we, we diagnosed that maybe the issue itself wasn't the actual contents of the senior rep program, but how it was that we were positioning our messaging and our offer. And one of the things was, is that, uh, we said, well, this isn't just about the senior photos. It's also about the team. The, and we talk about these incentives, right? Where it may include cash referrals or uh, additional photo shoots, but the focus is not on the incentives. This is just an added tier. And a lot of people say, well, I'm giving them so much. Why aren't they, why aren't they booking on my senior rep program? Why aren't they coming to me? Well, it's because we haven't given them what they truly want. And what they truly want is that team. They want the connections that others are going to form. Those individuals in their community that they may not have otherwise met. Being more than just senior photos. Are we doing team events? Are we doing, um, we do uh, sometimes uh, community service type based events. And those non-photo team events help build and grow the team. And those relationships with the team are what they're going to take away and carry with them. And we ask ourselves, well, why isn't our program working? And oftentimes it's because we're just missing one or two of these pieces. And when we put it together in the right way, in the right order, that's when things begin to change. And so when we look on and we tack on the fact that Gen Z needs to see a brand up to seven times before they choose to invest in them. And there's actually new research that's even saying it might be upwards of 30 times that they need to interact with brands because attention spans are going shorter. 
um, media is is growing to be quicker. So TikToks are, you know, four or five seconds now, right? They need to see brands more often. Well, what this allows you to do is it allows you to continually showing up to continually show up in their feed, allows you to reach a broader audience than who who then can engage and follow along with you. And then what happens is we also talk about how those senior reps talk positively about their experience, deepening the brand recognition with them as well as their friends. And so the senior rep program kind of becomes that logical move to help you book more clients. And like I mentioned, you know, if you're not doing it in the right way, it just creates a headache and, and doesn't generate those results where we're spending too much time, where I only spend maybe three to four hours per quarter on my team with a, a shoot or two outsource my editing, all that stuff. And one of the things I say is like, if you tried a senior rep program and failed, well, maybe it's not the senior rep program that isn't working. Maybe it's just one or two things that we need to tweak. And at the end of the day, by building your senior rep program the right way, you now have individuals who are building those deep client relationships with who are talking about you organically, who are booked paid clients and ensuring that your calendar is always filled. And that is why one of the reasons why I love the senior rep program, because sometimes it's not just why it failed, it's what happens when it fails, how are we going to change it, how are we going to tweak it? And if it doesn't fail, all we need to do is just replicate that success. So before we get to the fifth gear, as I said in training one and training two, we have our Senior Photography Academy case study contest, and we have our three finalists, Deanna, Faith, and Mariella. And one of the things that we talked about today is a little bit of um, what it takes to get here. And one of those themes is commitment, where it's Nike that just do it. And one of the things that all three of these have in common is that they just did it despite the circumstances. And in a minute, you're going to hear from our last case study finalist, Mariella where despite COVID, despite the world changing, she made it happen. And so what we're going to do is we're going to roll this. Um, as a reminder, keep some notes in the back of your head of which of these case study finalists uh, are most deserving of the grand prize, which is an in-person mentorship day with me at my studio in Portland, a year to my uh, extended mastermind coaching program, where it's that ongoing education to take your foundation to where, where it is, to where you need it to be, uh, to grow your business. And then they're also going to get some other really cool prizes like their story featured on the Shoot for Success Photography podcast. So without further ado, let us roll Mariella's case study for today. Hi, my name is Mariella Ryan. I'm a senior portrait photographer based out of Crystal Lake, Illinois. And today I want to share with you how joining the Senior Photography Academy with Sean Brown changed my business. My photography business journey started back in 2016 when I was shooting anything and everything that would step in front of my camera. I'm talking about birthday parties, baby showers, families, headshots. I was doing second shooting for weddings, like anything and everything I was shooting shooting at all. I was shooting burn. They were getting a CD or a USB with all of the images and I was charging $250. Fast forward to 2019, I am feeling burned out and I'm saying this is not sustainable. This is becoming a very, very expensive hobby. It's time to change. 
And I decided at that moment that I wanted to just focus on high school seniors. And talking to my friend, I said, okay, I'm going to give myself a year to do this. And if, it, if in a year I can't do it, I'll just close the business. And then 2020 came along and we were in lockdown. And you might think like, wow, like you are pivoting and then all of a sudden lockdown. But I, I want to say it was a, it was a blessing because at that moment I had been hacking my way through. I was struggling to um, define my business. And I happened to catch one of Sean Brown's free classes. And I said to myself, wow, this person, this guy really speaks to me. I understand everything that he's saying and I understand how I apply it to my, to my business. This is exactly what I needed. And then at that moment I knew that I didn't have to do it alone. So the next time he offered the Senior Photography Academy, I jumped at the opportunity and joined. I started to work through the modules. Um, I did a lot of work before, which was a lot of mm, working through my limiting beliefs on money and charging for what I do. Um, the next module that I really focused on was defining my brand and talking about my brand, going through the module that I understood how to put all those pieces together, how I wanted my client journey to look like, how I wanted to communicate with my clients so I can convey the value of what I do and the prices that I charge, um, how to be consistent. Like all these things I learned through the Senior Photography Academy. The next one was the pricing. So in 2019, I was probably averaging around $500 to $600 per senior client. Um, and I knew through going through the classes that it was, I was squeezing myself out of the market. I was too expensive for a shoot and burn photographer, but I was too cheap i guess for a luxury brand so it was like I, I was in the middle so i was being squeezed out so i said okay time to restructure my pricing i followed the advice of sean and i said okay um as a joke to myself i added a top collection of two thousand dollars like oh, yeah nobody's gonna buy that no way i'm happy to report i was proven wrong my average for 2021 was $1,400. I feel a lot more confident about what I do. Um, I feel secure about how I run my business. I know there's room to grow uh, and I'm gonna continue doing that. But if it wasn't for the Senior Photography Academy, I would have taken the jump to change how I do my business. So it has made a huge impact. What an awesome case study. So as a reminder, you are going to be the one voting for who you believe is the most deserving. So at the end of today's training, once I get that up, I will also email you the directory link again. So today, um, that's where you find all the replays. This is also where Deanna, Faith's, and Mariella's case study will be. You all have until Thursday, April 21st, the same time that the replays come down, to watch those case studies again, to decide who you believe is the most deserving or who you think your vote should go towards for the case study competition, case study contest, um, and you will get one vote 
And what it'll do is uh, you'll basically do it similar to how you were doing the, the words and stuff like that. It'll be a multi multiple choice one. So it'll either say Deanna, Faith, or Mariella on there paired with their videos. So make sure to watch through those um, because it's like American Idol. The, the power is in your hands now. Um, they have all submitted. All of the entries were incredible. These were our three finalists. And I am so excited for whoever is going to win that grand prize. So as a reminder, if you have not watched the replays of session one and session two, well, you also have access to some pretty awesome giveaway prizes. And in fact, one of them is also going to be the grand prize of an in-person mentorship with me. So all you have to do is scan your phone. And remember, the more chances that you give yourself by watching training one, two, and three, by scanning your phone on this QR code, uh, you'll actually get the opportunity to earn that grand prize. So make sure you do that. Now I'm going to be nice. If you're watching the replay, you can still scan this. You can still get this, but um, definitely make sure to watch through training one and two. If you haven't already, you can grab that. Word for today is right on your screen. All you have to do is scan that. I'll give you all a second to, to scan that. But um, watching through those case study videos, I just want you to type in the chat, what's been like one of your big takeaways from listening to Deanna where um, she was making sure that she was doing what she needed to be able to homeschool her, her boys where Faith, she's still in high school and she's a rock in it. Not so it shows you at any age you can do this. Doesn't matter if you're get just getting started or if you've been doing this for a little while, anybody can do this. And then Mariella who pivoted despite not even thinking that she could during lockdown as well as she says, you know, I threw that $2,000 collection in there as a joke thinking nobody would buy it and then somebody did. And if you're having trouble scanning these, make sure if you're on an iPhone, it should just be as simple as pointing your screen or your camera at the screen. If you're on an Android, you may have to download a QR code. And Anna has a perfect segue. She goes, very curious how they were able to raise their prices, which if you were listening at the very beginning, that is our fifth gear, which is pricing yourself correctly. And I call this making more while working less. And we've all been there. My, maybe you right now as you're working through tax season where all of a sudden you're like, I didn't, I didn't actually make this much, as much as I needed to, as much as I thought I did. As Marielle says, I was running a very expensive hobby. And you may be there as well right now. And if you're anything like how I was in the beginning, you made the mistake by thinking that if you charge low prices, you would book more clients. And one of the things that I found out in my business is that I actually couldn't have been more wrong about that. In fact, it wasn't lower, lower prices that would lead clients to booking me. It was doing the exact steps that we talked about prior to this that lead to people actually wanting to book you and you becoming that go-to senior photographer. And I thought, you know, I couldn't raise my prices until I quote unquote got good enough. Or I thought that maybe what would happen is if I just raised my prices a little, what I could do is I could do that year over year and then finally by like year 10, I'll be to where I need to be, right? Those incremental changes because those feel the safest to us. And just type absolutely or something like that if that's you in the chat where you say, well, I'm waiting for somebody to tell me when I can raise my prices, that I'm good enough to do that. And like I talked about earlier in this training, if you're waiting for that other person to tell you, it's that day is not going to come. 
And looking back, what's so kind of ridiculous to me is to think that there was going to be that sign to raise prices. That somebody it was like college where or high school where you walk across the stage and they hand you your diploma and they say, congrats, you've graduated. There weren't any certifications or uh, there weren't any, you know, levels that we had to, you know, move up to ranks or anything like that. And in photography, there aren't where, yeah, we can go out and get certifications and stuff like that. But is it that certification that's our, is our value, is our worth tied to a certification? It isn't. It shouldn't be. And if it is, well, that just showcases that, you know, go and rewatch training one and two because you're still overcoming some of those limiting beliefs, those mindset blocks that we talked about. And it isn't until we say, we're going to do this no matter what, and we say we are good enough, we do value ourselves, it's that best friend test that we talked about in training one, where our best friend's not going to tell us, no, don't raise your prices to what they need to be, and they're going to say, go for it. And what I did is I took the leap to raise my prices, and I overcame this crazy thought that I couldn't charge higher prices because, you know, I wasn't ready. People wouldn't pay. And when I did, I changed my business. I changed my life. And one of the things I say is, you know, this is how my path looked. We talked about this in session one. And the belief is, well, if you raise your prices, you will book fewer clients. That's what a lot of people's fear is. They say, Sean, if I raise my prices, I'm not going to book as many clients as I could at lower prices. And I'm also, what if I don't book any? right? This is a big fear that we have when raising our prices. They say, well, if I do this, what if? What if I don't book clients? What if nobody comes to me? What if I'm too expensive? And rather than us saying, what can we do to justify our prices by bringing value to our clients? We say, well, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to cut my prices back. And then what, what happens is clients are going to have no, no reason not to book me. And so in 2013, you know, I started that $125 a session, a whopping two clients. Where I went from, you know, it was like fifty, like I mentioned, the fifty dollars for the session fee and the seventy-five dollars for the CD of images. That's that's back in the day when we were still doing things on CDs, folks. Back when those uh, MacBook Pros actually had a CD disk drive. Then in twenty fourteen, I said, well, I'm going to make an incremental change and I'm going to move up to two hundred dollars a session. I'm going to bump up my prices a little bit. Now I'm going to have a hundred and twenty-five dollar session fee with the seventy-five dollar disk of images. And if you're looking at these numbers and you say, well, I can't live on $1,000, you're probably right. Remember, I was still working uh, another job during the summers just to bring in some income so I could actually pay for things while I was a you know poor college student thinking I was going to go be a doctor. And then in 2015, what I did is I again thought, okay, well, I'm going to raise my prices even just a little bit more. And we can see how slowly this path is going up where, yeah, I made a little bit more, but it still wasn't where I needed it to be. And so what I did is I finally said, you know what, I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to jump my prices up to where they need to be. And those of you who have worked through the dashboard, you may be looking at those numbers and say, well, what do I need to do to get here? Because where I'm at is a little bit of a gap between where I need to be. And it wasn't until 2016 that I finally said, I'm going to do this four senior sessions, four senior classes later, four years, right? where we say, oh yeah, it's 23, 13 to 16, but this is four classes of seniors. So I lost out on 
three classes of seniors not being where I needed to charge. And that's the thing with, with uh, seniors is that with, with cycles, with how they work, if you don't do something right this year, it's going to bite you in the butt until next year. There isn't another do-over. It's not like we get another chance. There isn't another class of seniors in between 2023 and 2024. And that's where I'm booking right now is 23. Or you may be booking 22. There isn't a class in between those. There isn't 22 and a half. There isn't 23 and a half. It's 23 and 24. And what I realized is that if I don't make this change now, I'm going to have to wait at least another year. What's the worst that can happen? So I, I took that leap. And what I did is I raised my prices to what I needed it to be at over $2,000 a session. What did I see? I actually saw my number of seniors bump up. I almost doubled the number of seniors. So if you're keeping track in your head, not only did I 3X my prices, I also booked twice as many seniors. And if you put those two multiples together, that's a 6X in revenue roughly. Went from like 15 to 20K all the way up to 80K. 15 to 80 is a 6X multiple. And that's just in 2016. So not only have I increased my sales average, refined my experience where I'm spending less time with seniors so I can take on more seniors without having to do the more work, putting those systems and processes in place. Now what I'm doing is I'm also doing more seniors at a higher price point, making a lot more. And it all comes down to being specific of where you want your business to be and where you are currently and living as that individual. Where if you want to be that photographer that's making the 50, the 80, 90, 100K, you have to live and be that photographer. And a lot of photographers, what they do is they make the mistake of not actually knowing how much they need to make or what they need to charge, right? Where we did the exercise of saying, hey, um, well, here's what we want to make per year. And how is how are we going to get there? And I made you do that exercise where I said, okay, we could do this with like, uh, you know, if, if you need to make a $100,000, you could do that at 100 seniors at 1,000. But is that the quickest, is that the easiest way for us to get there? Probably not. And so we can say, well, we're the photographer. We want to make 30K a year and we're charging 300 a session. Well, 300 may seem like you're making a killing. You'll get handed three Benjamins. And then you look back at the end of the year and you're thinking, I have to do 100 sessions just to make that. And then I think, I forget who it was. It may have been actually Carrie that brought up a point. She said, is that number net or is it gross? Well, that was our gross number. or Ideally, probably what we wanted to make, right? Our, Our profit. And what we do is we say, well, that 300 doesn't account for things like taxes, business expenses, insurance, anything else that we spend in our business, like camera equipment. Maybe what we do is we have uh, our car tied into our business lease or something like that, or our car payment tied into our business deductions. You know, your account may be doing things like that. Are we covering the costs of that? And we say, well, yeah, 300 sounds like a lot, but what happens is that we seem, we only look at that, that first initial number. And while it seems good at first, where we shoot a session for an hour, what's actually happening on the back end? How many hours are we spending editing? How many hours are we spending location scouting? What time is that taken away from us and our family? And what happens is we quickly realize that the time that we're putting into our business is that we're actually working for less than we would a minimum wage job. And some of you may have come to that realization, especially around tax season. And so what we want to do is if we want to avoid this, what we need to do is we need to know how to run our numbers correctly while also incorporating everything else that we talked about, the cost of goods, the 
every, all our business expenses and making sure that we meet, our, meet what we need to on a personal level too. Where when you did that first exercise, yeah, we, we threw out the number of how much you would like to make, but at what point do we say, okay, here's what we realistically need to make for our, our business. What's, what's the bare minimum that we can meet and how is our pricing going to help and reinforce that? How are we actually going to be certain that if we work with a client that we're making exactly what we need to so we're not actually losing money in the session? And the other thing that I see photographers doing when they set their pricing is just going over and looking at other photographers' websites in their area, copying the pricing. Well, the issue with this is that we don't know where that photographer is personally. We don't know what their business expenses are. And so we have no idea what their back end looks like. It's like you trying to go and buy a car. You wouldn't take a, you wouldn't buy a car without taking it for a test drive only to find out that the entire engine is missing. So while it may look great on the outside, and let's say that let's say that photographer is making $5,000 a session, but their cost of good is 4,000, well they're not any better than a photographer charging $1,000 for the digitals, right? So what we need to do is we need to have an understanding of while it may look good on the outside, and that's the same for a $300 photographer that has no cost of goods versus a $1,000 photographer that has $700 cost of goods. It ends you in the exact same place. And so what we need to do is we want to make sure that we know what it is that we need to make, what our cost of business is, all of this stuff. And we also don't even know if that photographer has their pricing structure correctly. Is it the most effective way to serve our clients in a better way where they're getting what they want while we also make what we need? And so if you want to take the steps to price your photography correctly, what we want to do is we want to take these four steps. It's kind of like my four keys to success. So what we want to do is we want to analyze what our cost of doing business is. These are your business expenses. This is stuff like your website, your um, how much you're spending in hard drives, your business insurance, anything that you spend in your business in a yearly or monthly basis. You know, your your Photoshop subscription, Adobe Creative Cloud or something like that. And we also need to calculate our personal lifestyle costs. What's your rent? What's your mortgage? If you have one of those, uh, you know, what does it cost to pay uh, your car payments per month? How much is your medical insurance? How much are you spending on the day to day per month? Utilities, those sorts of things. And what we need to do is we need to say, okay, well, our business needs to support that. So therefore, what is the bare minimum that we can make if we're photographing X number of sessions a year, which is our third point, which is determine your workload. How many clients do you plan on photographing per year? Is it realistic? And we did this exercise kind of in day two, which is if we're doing 100 seniors, what does that business look like? If we're doing only 40 seniors or 20 seniors, what does that business look like for us? And we have to keep into account that top line in your dashboard. Where are you trying to build your business and where do you want it to go? Do you want to have more time, freedom, flexibility to do what you want to do? Are you looking to pay off debt? How is your business structured to allow you to achieve those goals? Because at the end of the day, that is why we're creating this business is for those goals. It's not to say I booked 100 clients. It's not to say I'm charging $3,000 a client. It's not to say those things. It's only to say, is your business working for you? And is it working in a way that five years from or a year from now, you'll be able to say, I'm proud of the business I built. And then what our final step is, is to calculate what you need and what you want your business to make.
your needed income levels. And that number we threw out at the first session may be what you want your business to make. And if it is, what we need to do is we just need to basically sit down and say, okay, here's how we realistically get there. And that dashboard should have given you some clarity. So again, this is super simplified, but it, it shows you the fundamentals of what you need to be doing if you actually want to make sure that you're running that business and doing what you love while making sure that it's not a hobby like Mariella recognized. And that recognition is that very, very first step. And what she also said is, you know, it came into some personal beliefs. And we're going to talk about what she called the price squeeze, which is what something that I teach. And she said, or not she said, but you know, when it, you are working through your pricing, it's going to be easy to fall back on those self-doubt, those pitfalls, because what happens is it becomes hard to believe that you can actually do this. And I know because I've been through this, where I remember when I first raised my pricing, it was in January of 26, was January 2016, January of 2016 for the class of 2017. It was the year that I jumped from 750 to 2000 plus sales average. And I didn't get a booking for months outside of my senior team. Months. And I thought maybe I priced myself too high. Maybe I priced myself out of the market. Maybe what I was doing, maybe it wasn't actually going to work. Maybe I was doing this and I was at the perfect price and I just had to I just had to live on that or just not do photography full time. And one of the things that I, I remember is getting the email and they said, hey, we're ready to book. And it was a gal named Jessica. And looking back, Jessica was my biggest order as of as to date up back then. It was like a $3,400 order. I still remember this. I remember going into their home, setting up all my products and saying, hey, here's what I have. And they said, they pull out this canvas and they're like, this is awesome. We want to do like four of these up on the wall. And it was that moment that I realized that it wasn't the fact that I had raised my prices. It was the fact that I wasn't going to let circumstances dictate how I was running my business of, oh, if I raise my prices, people won't pay. I wasn't willing to let those limiting beliefs hold me back. Instead, I said, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that that happens. And I hope that you do the same. Because what happens is I see a lot of photographers, then they think that undervaluing themselves and their business is going to get them more clients. And I'm here to tell you that the opposite couldn't be more true. Because what happens is we look at this example. We look at these three photographers and we have client A. We say, well, client A doesn't value photography. They've got a budget of about $500. And let's just assume that even if we were doing everything correct and everything was done perfectly and we're this $750 photographer. I'm going to highlight him. Actually, I don't think I can highlight him, but you guys get the idea. We're that $750 photographer. We've got people that are late, less expensive and more expensive. And we have a client that walks in and they say, we just need senior photos done. We've got a budget of $500. What can you do for us? Type in the chat which photographer you think they're going to go with. If they're going to go with the 250 the 750 which is you, or the $1,500 photographer.
250, 750, or 1500, go ahead and just type that into the chat. And if you're in the chat and you're typing 250, what's going to happen is that client is not going to go to anybody who's who's more expensive than they're willing to spend because they don't value photography. And so what happens is they say, well, great. You know what? We actually went to the 251 and we actually, we had a budget of 500. We saved 250 bucks. There was a cheaper photographer out there. And then we play the same scenario. We say, well, what if we get a client that values what we do? What about clients that value photography? What about clients that want to invest in their senior portraits? And we run in and we say, well, client B does value photography. They want the best. And guess what? They've got a budget of $1,000. Now, which photographer do you think they're going to go with? We've got $250. we got the $750, which is you. You're $250 under their budget. And you're doing everything right. You're giving the whole experience. You're doing everything correctly in your business. And then we've got the $1,500 photographer. Now, which one are they going to go with? You can go ahead and type that into the chat. Now we see people saying the 1500 one, and that's exactly correct. And you may be thinking, well, where does this leave the middle photographer? The middle photographer is doing everything correctly. Why are they not getting the client? Because guess what? If the 750 photographer, they probably are good, but what their client is thinking is, I want the best of the best, and I'm sure that the photographer that's double the price is going to provide an even better experience. And this is what I call the price squeeze effect. Because what happens is when you're priced in the middle, you're losing out on the clients that don't value what you do and want and don't want to invest in their client, ex client photography experience. And you're losing out on the clients that are willing to pay and do want to invest in their experience. And what happens is this leads to you capturing a very narrow portion of the market. There's a reason that Walmart is not known to be the high-end retailer. They're, they're known as the low-cost leader. And so most people, if they're willing to, if they are trying to buy something that's of good quality, probably not going to end up at Walmart. Does that mean that Walmart doesn't get clients, doesn't get customers? Absolutely not. They just serve a different clientele. But if we are looking to be the best of the best, what we need to do is we need to price accordingly because price is such a psychological thing where price is so inherently tied to the value of what it is that we do that when we're priced in a low capacity, it doesn't actually allow us to book those clients that truly we could serve to the best of our ability. And the same goes for undervaluing your business, where all it does is just put you at an advantage, much like where you're priced low, it puts you at a disadvantage price-wise. When you undervalue your business, you're, all you're doing is just disadvantaging yourself. And what does this look like? Well, it comes in the form of you not putting your business's needs at the forefront of your path moving forward. Because what happens when you undervalue your business, you lose ground and others move past you. If you know that there are steps that you need to take and you're not doing that, that's a form of undervaluing not only yourself, but your business. And I often hear people say, you know, I'll do this next year, or I'm not going to invest in my business and I'm not, since I'm not sure how it'll work, or I don't have time to do this. We talk about those circumstances that we operate from, from session two, where I live in a small town. So I'm going to put this off. I don't think anybody's going to sign up for my senior rep program, so I'm not going to try to do this. And this could be either, either be time or money. You know, I'm not going to put the time in because 
I don't think that it's worth it or I don't have the time. How many of you sitting here have had these thoughts maybe this week as we work through trainings or or maybe in the past month or, or in the past in your business because I had each and every one of these. And the reason that I know what these are is because I've been there with you. And I've seen students of mine be in the exact same spot that you may be at. And what happens is this leads to your business stagnating. It leads to photographers around you choosing to take the opposite action that you are willing to take, passing you up, and it leads to slower progress over time. And at the end of the day, I look back and I remember mentoring a photographer who, at the end of the day, they were undervaluing their work and their business. And she emailed me and she said, hey, I would love to do, I would love to do some business training with you. I would love to be able to actually make this work so that I can leave my job as a receptionist. And one of the things that we did is when we sat down, we realized that she was doing all of the work. She wasn't doing it in a way that was the most effective, the quickest way to get there. And after analyzing everything, we found out that she was making roughly $1 per hour. Where not only was she better off getting another job, she was better off and spending less time being able to do what she likes by just doing a different job. But she didn't want to do that. She didn't want to do that. She wanted to do photography. And so she made the decision to change everything. She took a chance. And at the end, what she told me was she said, I wish that I had done this sooner. Where not only did she realize that looking back, what could happen is that she could be where she needed to be already if she had just taken the steps to, to put in the work to make this happen in the right, correct way, in a way that had been proven that had worked for others. And she said, I wish that I hadn't wasted those years. And as we work through this dashboard on page 14 of your, of your workbook, the last section says, I'll know there when I'm and I want you to just close your eyes for a second. And I want you to reflect. And actually, you can open your eyes because I want I want you to see this photo. This is like the crystal ball. And in that, and now you can close your eyes now that you have this picture of the crystal ball. And one of the things that I want you to envision as you work through that very last piece of your dashboard is who do you have to be? How do you have to show up? What does it look like when you know that you're there? And there goes a, there was, it goes back to a story. And it's this man by the name of Watson. He's... Somebody put question marks in there. Hopefully this makes sense. If it doesn't, let me know goes back to Watson. He was the, the founder of IBM. In fact, you may have watched Jeopardy and they have like the Watson computer. It's named after him. And one of the people, they said, hey, there's a, a reporter, somebody who's curious about his secrets to success. And they said, Mr. Watson, what are your three keys to success? And it's a very cliche question. You can go ahead and open your eyes if you want. It's a very cliche question. What is the key to success? And rather than him just saying and dismissing the reporter, dismissing the kid who had asked him, he reflected and he he thought back 
to what he had done to build IBM, which was one of the largest companies at the time. In fact, it was bigger than Apple at the time. And he said, there are three, there are three steps to success. And he said, number one, I had a clear picture of what the company would look like when it was finally done. He said, I knew exactly what I wanted it to be. I knew exactly how I wanted it to be. And I knew that that was what I was working towards. Because oftentimes with photographers, what I see is that we say that we want to build a photography business, but we don't come in with any set expectations. We don't come in and we say, this is what we're going to do. This is how many seniors we're going to book. This is what I'm going to be priced at. This is what I want to work towards. And this is why I want to work towards it. This is what I'm going to gain from building it. And what happens is much like that, but plain analogy where I use it a lot, but even just having it a few degrees off and not following the, the North Star, you know, you're in a big ship in the sea, not following that North Star, we end up off course, off track. And then he says, number two, Excuse me. Sorry, it's been a lot of talking for me today. He says number two. And then ask myself, what would it look like if I had that company? How would the company have to act like? What did the operations look like? What systems and processes would I need to have in place in order to get me there? What would it look like from start to finish? And that's those, those gears that we covered. What would it look like for the client experience, the inquiry process, the systems and processes expanding your reach with pricing, what would those look like? And then the third thing that he said is, and the last and third is I realized that if IBM, in order for them to become a great company, I would need to act like they were a great company long before it ever came to be one. And that right there is probably the biggest mind blown emoji when I heard that. Because he realized that even if he had the company set up for what it needed to be and how it needed to be, it wasn't until he had stepped into that role or how you had stepped into that role in your business that your company and your business would be able to be where it is. It wasn't until you start acting and being that thriving senior photographer, the role that we talked about in the first training when you fully step into it and accept that this can be you, that you get there. And it wasn't until I had taken the leap that my business started to explode. And I remember as I was going through the process of thinking, what do I need to do to get there? I came across a video and it was, uh, it was Steve Harvey. It wasn't in joking mood. He was serious. He was talking to his audience after one of his shows, one of his family feud shows. And he starts out by saying, let me tell you something, guys. He said, every successful person in this world has jumped. He said, if you want to get to where you're going, eventually you are going to have to jump. If you're waking up thinking there has to be more to life than this, you have to jump. And it was that, at that moment where I realized that what I was doing, I may have loved, but I remember going back to the two paths in my head, one of going to medical school and one of going and doing photography full time. And I recognized that it was at that point that I had a choice and a decision to make. Did I want to go and be the medical student 
and give up everything that I had worked for, not have that freedom and flexibility that I was searching for? Did I want to have that nagging question of what if I had done this in my head or did I want to go for it and answer all those questions and see a future impossibility and opportunity? But it wasn't going to come until I took that leap. And if we look back, you know, I use Apple in my examples a lot, which is why this story comes to mind. It was when Steve Jobs first introduced the iPod. He pulls it out of his jean pocket and by pulling it out of his pocket, he took a leap of faith. He didn't know if anyone was going to buy it. He didn't know if this was an idea that somebody even wanted. He didn't have any certainty whatsoever that this would work. The only way for him to find out was if he took the leap. And looking back, it has been one of the biggest revolutionary things for us, for him. It completely changed Apple. It turned Apple from a computer company to a music company overnight. And it was because of this that it largely put Apple on the map with a lot of people. And so life is all about choices. And as our training winds down and comes to a close, you have a choice to make right now about the type of person that you're going to be and about the type of person that you're going to be moving forward. Are you going to be the person that blames others and blames external circumstances for why your business is the way that it is? Or are you the person that chooses to take responsibility for how things are moving forward? Are you going to be the person that you give into those problems and those threats when they when they when you're faced with them? Or are you going to be the person that sees the exact same circumstances and opportunities and you choose to change and see the positive? You say the what if? How could this be a benefit to me? Or are you going to be the person that avoids action? Are you going to put things off, procrastinate? Are you going to lead into perfectionism where you say, until this is perfect, I'm not going to release it? Or are you the person that takes action and you say, no matter what, I can make this happen and I will make this happen? Are you the type of person that goes through a training like this and not do anything with it? Or are you the type of person who grabs the keys and opens the door and says, I'm ready? And if you chose the latter, which I hope you did, because if you did, I'm ready and I'm waiting for you inside my signature program, the Senior Photography Academy. And this isn't just a program with the newest marketing tactics. It's the processes and the step-by-step framework and teaching you how to build a successful senior photography business that works for you. And inside there, what we're gonna cover is all of the processes and in a few short days, those doors will open and show you what's inside like the marketing and branding and the client experience, the systems and processes, senior rep programs, pricing, shooting, editing, all of that and more in order to build that successful business. Because inside here, this is exactly what I've done in my business. It's what other photographers have done in their business, and it provides them that clarity and that direction and the step-by-step approach in order to do what it is in a way that works and is proven. And inside of these are the stories that I hear from photographers like Grace. And some of these people have gone through the training series with you, where Grace says, you know, she went from four to 16. Heidi says, this course was amazing. She's been in business for six years and longer now eight years now. Congrats to Heidi. Regine says, I, I can't stop watching so many aha moments. And Kaylee says, I've finally broken into the market. So in a few short days and uh, Monday to be exact, I'll be opening the doors. And this is the one time a year that the doors are open. 
So starting Monday, what I'm actually going to be doing is I'm going to be giving you the details and answering all your questions because I know that there are a lot of people that have questions like what's inside, all about the coaching that goes into this, the the step-by-step framework, what are all the, the bonus content and trainings inside, what's all of that. And if you are ready, maybe you have been through this training uh, last year where you said, you know, I wish that I could have done this, or I had students message me after and said, how can I get in? And I said, well, you can't. And one of the things that I said is, you know, if you're ready and you know that you're ready, what you can do is you can go ahead and and get on the wait list. So if you head to bit.ly slash ready now 2022, also have the link in the directory as well if you forget what this is updated after this training goes live on the replay and what this is is this is your waitlist saying i want in and you will be the absolute first to know of any any news when the doors open all that stuff you'll be kept completely up to date and on monday what i'll be doing is i'll be going live we'll be just doing some some giveaways answering all of your questions so we'll be going live roughly around 11 a.m pacific time give or take a few minutes as i get tech set up at the studio, we're going to be going mobile. It's like that scene from Batman and Bane. I'm going mobile and we'll be answering all those stuff. But in the meantime, over the next few days, what I want you to do is, one, I want you to join the wait list. So you can head to that link right there. Like I mentioned, I'll have it in the directory as well. Get your dashboard finished. So work through all of the trainings. Sunday, April 17th is your deadline to get that in for the giveaway. It's going to be some amazing giveaways. So make sure that you grab the keyword from sessions one, two, and three. That's only going to increase your chances of your name being drawn. And then I also want you to go through the training again. And as we talk about one of the things that I may have said may have put you at a different place in your business. And the only way to go back is to make sure that you rewatch it as the person that you are now. Once you've overcome those limiting beliefs or as you work to overcome those, and how can you step into that role of the thriving senior photographer? So the feedback, you know, I just wanna say thank you so much. The feedback you guys have been sharing and the results and the ahas that you already have, this is, this is why I do what I do and I don't take it for granted lightly that you chose to be here uh, and be a part of what I've been dishing out. And the reason that I can do this is because years ago I made the decision to take that leap and it completely changed my life and my business and set me on that direct on that different direction that I am on today, that path that I'm on today, where I can be here in front of you. And I hope that for your sake, you take that leap and I hope that you join me on that path as well. Because if you don't take the leap, what will change? I'll be back here next year, that's for certain but we're also here right now. So thank you. Stay active in the Facebook group as always. Um, I will be doing giveaways, trainings, coachings next week. So please stay on the, the Facebook group and check those out next week as well. And I hope you have an amazing weekend get caught up on those trainings. And as always, I will see you all on Monday to answer all of your questions. We'll see you guys later. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for tuning in. Like I mentioned, this is one of my absolute favorite training series. And I know that your time is very valuable. I know that you are busy. I know that you have things going on. And so it means the world that you took the time to show up, not just for me, but for yourself, for your business. Because one of the things that I see is as photographers, as entrepreneurs, maybe you are a mom, a wife, a husband, whatever it may be, 
you have other people relying on you, and sometimes it can be very difficult to take a little bit of time, not only for yourself, but also for your business, where sometimes we tend to put things on the back burner and put others ahead of us. And so I applaud you for taking some time to show up for yourself, because when we show up for ourselves, we are also able to show up for others in a better way. If we have a successful business, we have more means to do what we truly want to do, whether that be spend time with family, be able to take that vacation, pay off debt, uh, to save for college or retirement, to pay off your house faster, all of these things. We do it in a better way when we have the means to do that, and namely through a successful photography business, right? If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're probably a photographer. And one of the things that we have to do is in order to take that first step of actually moving our business forward to a place that we want it, we have to first show up for ourselves. So thank you so much for sticking around. I know that photography education is a dime a dozen. There's nothing forcing you to listen to this episode. And so I'm very thankful that you are tuning in and and are just here to learn, to grow, all that stuff. So like I mentioned, these episodes do disappear in just a few days, Thursday, April 21st, then they go poof, they're gone. And we do not start off this training series until again next year around the same time. And so I encourage you to block out some time if you haven't caught session one, session two, listen to that on the podcast. Watch the recordings of that over in the Become the Thriving Senior Photography Facebook group, the directory. You can head to seanbrownproductions.com slash directory. All of the replays and links to join the group are in there. And so I encourage you to check out those episodes before they all disappear. Um, so these trainings do go all down April 21st at midnight. So I encourage you to get a jump start, listen to these, block out some time if you haven't listened to one and two. And as always, thank you so much for being here. It means the world to me. And I'm excited that you are showing up for your business. And as always, we'll have more episodes on the Shoot for Success Photography podcast. This particular series won't be around until next year. But as always, I'll see you guys next week for the Shoot for Success Photography podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in.